Hello everybody, how's it going and welcome back to the Kill Connor Club podcast. This is episode 109, I'm your host James and I'm joined as always by Tyler. As always, how's it going my friend? It's going bloody good, how you doing? I am doing very well, we've just come off recording the Cinema Room podcast for Hook that'll come out on Patreon just after this. And that was a good time, and now I'm excited for another Kill Connor Club. Got lots of topics to go through today, a lot to talk about, a lot of, a lot of intrigue. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Great um, stuff. How, how are you holding up with no sleep? Ah, uh, pretty good. I've got an energy drink here, which is kind of making me feel like shit. But I'm awake though, so, you know, I'm alright. I do what must be done for the grind. For the grind. <laughs> I'm, I'm dedicated, man. Yeah. <laughs> if I've got, got a all drink, the jobs you do. Energy drinks to sit and talk of shit then i've got to do it unfortunately i know it's it's tough but uh you know i think i reckon i'll survive yeah i mean it's a tough life playing video games and talking really about is. movies oh you don't yeah. understand it's so difficult yeah i don't like it yeah no, i'd rather I die feel bad, man. i'm just i'm just too much of a coward to kill myself <laughs> <laughs> that actually almost makes sense to me yep. um yeah anywho anywho mm-hmm. Here we are for another Kill Connor Club, brought to you by the great people over at patreon.com forward slash as always. So shout out to our Patreon producers, King Richard III, Smexy Dork, Elstico91, Seth, and Josh Devlier. The show would happen without you, but it's a lot better with you. Um, whereas like other shows like Cinema Room and Clubhouse wouldn't happen without you, but this one would. But like, it, uh, we're definitely still around probably because of you at the same time. So maybe it does happen because of you. I don't know. But you're producers of the show and I fucking appreciate you. I really, really do. I, so thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you know, and, and, and we're in for a fun time. We're talking a lot of stuff today. Uh, we're talking about Lord of the Rings, the Amazon series. That's exciting. Mm. Assassin's Creed a little bit. Oh, I can't wait. Bit. I know. Kingdom Hearts 3, Remind and all that shit. Horsey and Fox, George's reaction, all that stuff. Death Stranding I want to get into. There's a few things. There's a lot to break down as well as we've got a top 10 list. And if you've seen my Instagram post... You'll know what the top 10 is. And if you don't follow me on Instagram, at Tyler Tynamite, fucking go and do it, you fucks. Yep. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, if you like what you're listening to here and you want to hear more for just $1 a month, you can uh, get more over at patreon.com forward slash as always for exclusive access to the Clubhouse podcast, where we talk a lot of shit. It's a comedy podcast. It's powered by you, the people. It's amazing. It's the best podcast on the internet. Plus, a week's early access to the Cinema Room podcast. We release that just as soon as this podcast wraps up live here on YouTube and will be available on Patreon. Mm-hmm. That's Hook, the Disney classic. The Disney um, classic. So, Thanks to our Sweet Vintage Lads for making this podcast happen and supporting us on patreon.com forward slash as always. That's King Richard III, Smexy Dork, Elstico91, Seth, Ballsack47, Josh Devlier, Damien, Billy the Team Tynamite, Captain Robertson, Team Man of Travis, Super Chuba, Eddie, Baby Boy, Kimisabe, Gamer, aka my best friend Toby, Casper, Casey Wood, Pink Flame 3 on 3, Adam Sunley, Alfie Rosell, Jamie Brown, Jesper Olsen, Lumistrad, Did Lodic, Go Fuck Yourself, Mario5380, Loves a Movie Hook, Fat Fuck Cuck, Brendan Obiku Overlord, Ravjai, Craig, Oscar, Benedict Parker Returns, Jim Lee, James and Lad, Connor DeRose, Bullying the Alleys, Zahir the Fat Gamer, Max H, Gene, Zick Collins, Son of a Bitch, OG Doggo, George, Noah Watts, Furious Coco, Frankie Gaffney, The ACMJS, Travanovsky, McZed, Cassassin, Kyle S. Jules, Marcus Blackburn, Emil Catborg, Joshua Mori, Kinko Swag, Mass the Bass, Remy the Rat is a cunt, Ashton, <laughs> Amir the Synth Potato, Yeas, and Joe the Sexy Boy Smith, Joe aka Founder Scarab, H12 I Got Big Shoes, Iron Man to the Dads, Derrida, Alfie Robert, Brian Ford, Milk Boy, Fishy, and Andrew Martinez. Thanks to Sweet Vintage Lads for helping power this podcast. Thank you all. Area. You're all terrific. Okay. 
here we are. Here we are. Here we uh, are. Gaming. Another Kill gaming. Connor Club. Well, it's interesting because I look at the live chat. The first thing I see is from Gene saying, "Does Tyler still even play games?" And Tyler one of my first things I, I, lo- I love to talk about here on on the Clubhouse. So Clubhouse. Clubhouse. Talk about what we're playing at the moment. The fuck talk is about this? A it's Clubhouse. Not Clubhouse. Uh, it's not Clubhouse. I wish I was at Clubhouse. Way <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell them that. Or maybe do tell them that. It is. It's so much better. It's if you want fun, go to Patreon. If you don't like fun, stay here, I guess. But, like, yeah, you know, you won't have fun, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm joking. Yeah, no, I don't. Stay. Found a scarab got it right. Tyler doesn't play. Tyler just plays the game. I don't, I don't play games. I play the game. No. Um, I know I don't really play games anymore. Not that I don't want to. I just give me a good game to play. Yeah, I need something I good to game. Anything. Need something good to game on. I need, I need something. I don't just need something because I'm sure there's good games. Like you said, Grief was fun. Like there's games that have come out that I'm sure are good. I need something big. Yeah. I'm at the stage of my gaming career where <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm at the Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor stage. Right. Okay. I've made so much money gaming <laughs> that I'm not just gonna get out of bed for some regular old game. Yeah, I'm sure. The, good games award-winning okay sure you want a championship but are you the next big thing are you worth me getting out of bed training for hours and hours and hours (laughs) missing my family missing spending time with my friends and family making sacrifice up to sacrifice dedicating it is that are you worth that and there's nothing that's got me out of bed at the moment i'm waiting Mm -hmm. for you know a nate diaz of a game you know, a Jorge Masvidal of a game. That's what yeah. I'm waiting for. I'm waiting something for something big to get me out of bed and start gaming. That's what I need. <laughs> start fucking gaming. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Because right now, there's nothing. There's nothing you. that getting me out of bed for gaming. I, don't, I can't even think of one that's coming out. What's coming out this year? That's even gonna uh, get me out of bed for gaming. I played two new games this year. Fuck. I played Kingdom Hearts three and I played Far Cry New Dawn. <laughs> that's all i played that is all i played new um, this year i've God. played nothing new this year what does come out this year i feel year? like playing the etsy i feel like playing the etsy trilogy and mario i dm'd you on twitter because he knows how to stream with obs on mac i finally got around to messaging him i want to learn and uh, once i know how to stream i'll start probably gaming again i just have gaming. unless i'm yeah so i want to play the etsy trilogy Death again Stranding. i feel like that i've kind of, i've had the yeah okay i'll get death Stranding. death Stranding. i will get I will get Death Stranding. That's that's get me out of bed. That's intriguing. I don't understand it. Yeah. Um. You know. So um. Yeah. 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 Other than that, yeah. nothing That'll really. Like I've got a list of things here, but like these are all just sort of like the only things that have like real like piqued my interest, even if it's just a little bit. Uh, there's not a big list. We've got a uh, Greedfall, which is out. Uh, Outer Worlds, which just sort of fell off my sort of list of what I'm looking forward to. A new bit of gameplay came out, and I watched. I'm like, eh. But it's on Game Pass, and I have Game Pass, so I might as well play it because I like the devs just to give it a chance. Um, and it's my job, so I'd, it'd be stupid if I fucking didn't. Um, Modern Warfare comes out. Played the beta. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Um, people have been so saying... I've been hearing good th- hey, before you know, I have been hearing good things about Gears 5. Gears? Yeah, so have I, but I don't know if it's people over-exaggerating. And I haven't but it's on played... Game Pass. Yeah, but I haven't played all the Gears of War games. I feel like a lot of people like it. I feel like a lot of it is nostalgia to be like, oh, look at this callback to maybe, a thing. But, but also like, I've played on. I've only played two Gears games, like stories. I've never played any. Gears one and Gears three. Yeah. 
And, like, I never cared. It was just a fun game to play. The first game of the story was good, but, like, I didn't really care about the story. But if it's just a good story, I'm sure it's good. Like, because I'm... It's not like... I don't know many people that ever played all the Gears games and know the story, yet there's all these people all of a sudden coming out saying how good it is. I feel like they all haven't been playing the Gears games over the years. Surely they just tried this one and it's really good. I don't know. I've heard different things. Like, I've heard people being like, oh, this is incredible, but then other people have been like, look, it's really... It's like, it's good, but, like, it's not... It's not PS4 exclusive good. Like, it's just good uh, considering it's said it's, it's Gears, but slightly better. So just sort I mean, of average, then. I mean, it's worth... Maybe I'd... Play, it's not... Yeah, like I'm saying, bro, not worth me getting out of bed. Yeah, if I was maybe, mid-game yeah. and I wasn't so fucking busy, I would probably play because I like Gears, and if you've got a better Gears for me, I wouldn't mind giving that a shot, but I just don't have the time to to waste. Yeah, I don't care. To, to play Gears <laughs> 5. Yeah, I don't care. Um, yeah, like I was saying, Call of Duty, um, which honestly, yeah, the is, first was time I've seen a Call of Duty, there was a beta, yeah. Um, Did you play the beta? I think it's still in open beta now. I played the beta, yeah, I streamed it. Um, what did you think of the Modern Warfare beta? It was the first time I picked up a COD and I've played the multi, because I don't even play multiplayer. Like, I don't like multiplayer, I don't play it, but I played it and it just, something about it, it just did it for me. Like, it just felt good. I was like, this is fun. Like, good. I was like, if I get this game, I'm sure I'll play a bit of the multiplayer. Like, it felt good. It felt nostalgic as well. It almost felt like when I started playing Halo 5's multiplayer, I'm like, wow, this is really good. Like, I'm really liking this. Um, So it was sort of like, it feels like COD. Um, in like the CODs that I used to play that I liked. So, but what I'm really looking forward to is the campaign because it's got so much controversy in the media, which means that it's probably really good. But, you know, the media is like, oh, my God, this is too deep and intense, so I don't like it. So hopefully I'm hoping that's going to be good because they've said, like, it's story-focused, it's going to be emotional, all this stuff. So um, I'm looking forward to that, to, to, to play the campaign of a COD um, for once. It's been a very long time, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then the only other ones I've got on here is Luigi's Mansion 3, Pokemon Sword and Shield, Death Stranding, and Jedi Fallen Order. And that's all I've got on this list. <sighs> um, I want to play Death Stranding. Year. Pretty dead year, yeah. Um, but it's as to be expected at the end of a generation. Yeah, all the all the big where, games where the big coming... stuff. A generation. There's there's games each generation that like the generations building to those games. We had mm. that year last year. You think so? Well, I think we're gonna have yeah, more I of that next year. No, not at I all. I mean, like, I mean, last like, year's the one. last year of the generation, and then we got the next gen. Yeah, but that's the thing. Next year, I feel like next year's going to be a big year for both current gen and next gen because we're moving to next gen. So it'll there's be, a lot of games. It'll be big, but it's but like in terms of the quality that's going to come I mean, out. Like, last I feel like two. Ghost of Tsushima. Those are yeah, two but big that, games. But, but I think the Last of Us Part Two is an exception, like because the Last of Us came out at the end of PS3 generation, but I don't think that was like the generation defining game. No, but it's one of those big games that closes off a generation. No, it's a big. Like, I'm not saying there's no big, big games. Year, I'm think. just saying the year that was building towards me was 2018, where at first the, these next generation console, these next generation consoles came out. Mm-hmm. There was lots of new games, hit or miss. Nothing was like, you know, killing it, killing it, killing it. It was new technology. We we're building towards things. Then we got started getting some hits. We started getting some real fucking hits. Mm-hmm. 2015, 2016. It took two, three years. What did we get in 2016? Tw- uh, Uncharted 4. Was that 2016? Oh, shit. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. And Horizon Zero Dawn's coming out. That was 2017. Um, yeah. the, the, well, that's what I'm saying. Started 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, Witcher 3. Games like that. That's no, 2015. Yeah, then yeah, 2018, yeah. Then 2018, you roll around and you're at fucking... To me, the generation is building towards that was generation the generation of final games. Yeah. And it was God of War, 
Red Dead Redemption 2 and then in January Kingdom Hearts 3, you know, at the tail end of mm-hmm. that. Like, you that 12-month period. There was so much in 2018. In that 12-month period, you had um, Detroit Become Human as a great, like any other year would have been Game of the Year contender, but it was just, like, overshadowed mm-hmm. by everything else. Um, so with Spider-Man PS4. Celeste, like, that was, to me, one. Celeste, that, to me, was the generation-defining year. Like, what will that generation be remembered for? And it's going to be remembered for, like, God of War and Red Dead Redemption 2 mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, Kingdom Come came out that year as well. That was a good one. Yeah, it did come out, yep. Yeah, yep. Assassin's Creed like, Odyssey. Tw- t- um, first, first of all, how dare you? Um, <laughs> the Crew 2. That was 2018. Fuck yes. Yeah. Forza I Horizon guess. as well. Forza but 2018, 2018, man. Like, that to me is the year you'll, you're going to remember. Yeah, that's like the right. best year. I think 2019... The- um there's nothing really here like kingdom Hearts 3 feels like it came out at the end of 2018 not the start of 2019 like yeah. it's easily game of the year by a very large margin I think, large margin of this year 100 percent well i played two games so yeah obviously um <laughs> far cry new dawn okay new three, dawn. which which one my top two games of 2019 oh, number two far cry new dawn yeah. oh god yeah but kingdom Hearts 3 but i told you this like i finished kingdom Hearts 3 i was like i'm kind of just fucking done with games like, there was the closed beta recently for Ghost Recon. Who cares? Um, yeah, Ubisoft sent me a code. I'm like, oh, thanks. But I was like, I don't Fuck have fucking time for this. Off Ubisoft. I don't, have, I don't have time. I'm I too busy. I don't have time, and I do have time. That's because I don't care. Fuck fucking Ghost Recon. Fuck Ubisoft games. It's so shit. Yeah. But yeah, I think 2020 is going to be a pretty good year. Like, I mean, we've, for, well, for it'll a start... Be t- We've it'll got... be better than 2013. It'll be better than the last generation. It'll be better, it'll be better than this year. Like, fucking... Look, 20, 2020, we've got... We already know of a few games that are coming that people are looking forward Ghost to. Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us Part 2. Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us Part 2, Cyberpunk. Uh, fucking yeah. the new Lego Star Wars people are looking forward to. I mean, I'm looking forward to, but, yeah. you know, big yeah. game. Um, and then we've Horizon got the next Zero gen. Horizon Zero Dawn 2 comes possibly. out next year. It's um, launching. I'm fucking telling you it's launching. And we've got the, we've got the next gen launch next year, so that's loads more games coming and all that all that stuff um and i'm sure i've missed some in my things we already know like and then the thing is as well like i'm sure there's companies that have been working on games that are coming out on this gen that they want to get out that have like what's rocksteady working on is that a next gen game or is that a current gen game we don't know like things like that could potentially be stuff that are coming out on ps4 xbox one so there could be more games coming that we don't uh, necessarily know about oh final fantasy 7 remake as well that's next year um so there's there's a there's a few things um marvel's avengers um don't care about i mean i'm excited I'm, I'm excited for it well i'm excited avengers? for it have you seen the gameplay yeah uh a little bit i'm just Oof. i'm gonna i'm still gonna wait till it comes out looks not nice because we've said this play. about things before games come out and you're surprised or things that look good and they're not i'm just i'm not gonna pl- i'm probably not gonna buy it like i don't i want to play as captain america man i um, want to play as captain america it looks so take this away from though, me and it's not even the good captain america he's shit and fake yeah I, yeah, yeah true chris evans is captain america i don't like this guy whoever he is of course he is um or oh, 12 minutes that game that little indie game thing that they've shown at e3 that comes out 2020 that looks really Does nice. it? Oh, nice. There's also that deer one. Uh, the deer one. What was that called? That looks Hang on. fucking sick. Into Way the to woods the woods. Way to the woods. Yeah, got it here. Yeah, that looks nice. Yeah, do you know what? I'm that. I'm keen as fuck for that fucking those both those indie games. Those are Microsoft exclusives, aren't they? Uh, potentially. I don't remember. Dude, they, they were shown at Microsoft, so they might be Microsoft exclusives. Um, yeah, twelve minutes is a Microsoft exclusive, 
and Way to the Woods is also a Microsoft exclusive. So big, yeah, big, they look really big. nice. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, I mean that's the thing as well. Like I think next year's E three is going to be a big one as well because we're looking at what's what's going to be huge. Oh, huge the hype wise, next year is going to be yeah, huge. It's going to be big. Because like, we've got so many games we know about, and then we've got a bunch of games. What's coming on this current gen that we don't know about yet? That's going to close off the generation. What's coming on next gen that are launch titles, and then also like they've got it. They want to sell their consoles. So they're going to be like, this is also coming in the next few years as well. So we're going to have a lot of games and things to be looking forward to and excited for coming next year and in the coming years as well. So I think E3 is going to be a big one next year. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I'll, I'll so finally get Game cool. Pass once the next gen comes out. Yeah, Game that's Pass is so game. good. I fucking love Game Pass. It's one of the best things I've invested in, I think. Especially when yeah. brand new games come out. Like a fucking Outer Worlds comes out on Game Pass. Like that's mad. That's so fucking cool. And then you get all the yeah. Xbox exclusives and stuff and all these indie games and this big catalogue of like stuff that I've, I would never think of touching because it's there. I'm like, oh, I'll give that a go. It's just Halo fun. Infinite comes out next year. Holy shit, I just realised. Yeah, it does. Halo Infinite, fuck. Holy fuck. Halo Infinite. Because I'm kind of thinking about it, it's like, I'm thinking about 2020 in two different timelines. There's mm. this generation's games in 2020, which I'm like, yeah. oh, you know, that's what I think. Most of the year is that. But then you've kind of got 2020 and beyond, like the end of the year and mm. beyond, when next gen starts, which is kind of like the start of 2021, tail end of 2020. To me, is the start of another year almost, like another game year. Mm-hmm. altogether it's like how i think about it even though technically you're right like it's 2020 horizon 2 yeah Halo i Infinite. hope so i mean that that's the thing what, what that's big titles... that's a big year man that's a big year but will it live up like i don't think horizon 2 and halo infinite are going to be red dead redemption 2 god of war you know like i'm sure no, it's gonna be big but i'm talking about what are you going to remember the generation for halo infinite no the generation's gonna go for eight more years yeah obviously. you're gonna remember it for the elder scrolls 6 you're gonna remember oh, I hope it so. for. You're gonna remember it for Red Dead Redemption Three. That's what you're gonna remember it for. GTA Six. GTA Six, yeah. Games like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- I agree. Um, but I think this is gonna. I, what I'm really excited for is that I think this is gonna be a strong console launch, which it wasn't in 2013. It was fucking weak as shit. So it's gonna be fun to get a new console and have quality games to play. I hope. Anyway. Unless, in, yeah, I hope. Yeah, like uh, Horizon Two to me is what makes sense because it'll be. Um, Not, almost four years. Four, almost four years. Yeah, which is a long time. It's enough time. When they've got the engine there, they've got the basis for it and everything. I and don't, then I'll really build be all it from set. the ground up. So then I'll yeah. really be all set. <laughs> you need to make some sort of meme for that when it gets announced. I need. We need to make more shirts more regularly for shit With for memes. memes from as always as yeah, always we memes. Do. We need what we need like, is an artist just on hand where we can be like, do something with this, and they'll give us a design, and it'll be you know. We need to find an on-hand artist. Harlan can do our, all our characters every year, but then we need, like, for everything else. Yeah, we need someone we can just go to. Just, look, we've got this idea for design. Quickly whip it up for us. Give them some money. We put it on a T-shirt. So it's easy to do. Um, we just need to find someone that can quickly just put some stuff together. And I don't know. Yeah. We'll I mean, you're it out. pretty good at designing basic things. Yeah, but I want, like, it to be, like, nice and have, like... Yeah, and, like I, a design that you would buy. Like I can design stuff for like I don't know, like headers and logos and stuff. But it's when you're making a design for a t-shirt, it's got to be, I don't know, something specific. I don't know, like with you want cartoons and stuff on it as well. Like have our characters and stuff. Yeah, nice. yeah, I agree. Have really stylized text, uh, make it nice. Um, but you know, we'll figure that out. Uh, but someone hit us up if you're an artist. Yeah, do that'd be great. Do that. But, uh, 
you know, I think, like, for Horizon, it'd be nice to have, like, a little, I don't know, we could have, like, a little cartoon of, like, something, I don't know, I'm, I can't think, but, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, talking about uh, next gen, then, since we're, since we're on yep. this topic, what else do you yep. think would launch with uh, next gen, other than, like, Horizon? Do you think they've got anything um, well, else in the bag? On Xbox, you've got Halo Infinite. Yep. PS4, you've got Horizon 2. To me, those are like the... Those are the big daddies, right? Like, mm -hmm. that's the... Think, um, uh, do you think uh, Sony could launch with a, an Uncharted game as well? Well, supposedly another... Well, we got literally the next Uncharted fucking confirmed by Colin, you know, for yeah, us. we did. Um... So, and we know it's a different studio. Like, it's a Naughty Dog, but, like, another Naughty Dog team are working on it. I don't think they're launching with Uncharted. I think 2021, I'd expect the Uncharted, because they're putting out The Last of Us Part 2 next year. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't see how they launch with an Uncharted. It would be great to launch with an Uncharted, but, like, I think Horizon 2 is what you launch with. You don't need to overshadow it with other AAA games. I don't think they're going to do that. I think Horizon's yeah. the selling point, Halo Infinite's the selling point, plus there'll be lots of, like, other ones, right? Like, um, there's going to be, like, in one indie games. I'm sure there's going to be some racing ones. There's going to be fucking shit like that. Like, Maybe a the new IP, things. potentially, from some other studio. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but I think, I mean, you obviously you need more than one game to launch your console with, really. Because um, I, I, I don't see Microsoft launching with just Halo Infinite. I feel like they've got to have something else there as well um, to at least launch right. with. Um, probably some, no, it's not I, just going to be Halo some... Infinite. But like, there'll be like, what do you have fucking on PS3? What did you have? They had fucking like Knack and all this shit. I'm sure there'll be like new IPs and shit like that. But I don't, it's not going to be Halo Infinite level. It's not going to be Horizon 2 level. They're your big ones. So it's going to be smaller games, new IPs, whether they're platformers, um, first-person shooters, I don't know. There's going to be a few things going on. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I think... But I, I don't mean, think there's going to be well-known franchises with sequels other than Halo Infinite and Horizon 2 that I are that like level. We could, we could, I feel like we could get something. I don't know. I, I've got this I got this feeling potentially. No, it's not great marketing. Coming. You're only getting people to spend money on your console and you, a new game. You you don't want to undersell Horizon Two or Halo Infinite by putting out like heaps of other options. You want to give them other options soon. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you want to have early, you know, mid twenty twenty one or early twenty twenty one. The next thing coming out, something big, whether it's an Uncharted. Yeah, true. Or... You don't want to release two games on the same day, do you? As long as that's what I'm saying. Console, yeah, that's a good point. Actually, that makes sense. But I mean, you've got things like in with the Xbox generation. You had um, fucking Rise Sun of Rome was one that uh, yeah. they launched with. Re you probably get some things sequel. like that. Oh, God, I love. I actually like Rise Sun of Rome quite a bit. Well, so did I. I like the concept of it. They had a lot of work to do on it. Wouldn't even I would have be loved mad to see if they a did a sequel. It was pretty good. Yeah, it would be quite unfortunately. Nice. Unfortunately, um, yeah, no. Unfortunately, no. The studio closed down, so. Oh, really? What studio made it? Oh, I remember looking this up. Oh, no. Rise Son of Rome. Who made it? Crytek. Did Crytek shut down? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, I just shut down, surely. 
I remember reading about this not long, not even that long ago. Crytek. No, I think Crytek's still about. Well, Crytek make the Crytek engine. How are they? How did they also develop the game? I'm so confused. What else have Crytek made? Nothing. They're closed down. I don't know, man. Uh, they're not closed down. They're still about. Really? Yeah. What are they making? Uh, last game was Hunt Showdown. Yeah, look, I don't know what that was. It's the same studio that made Far Cry 1, which was then bought by Ubisoft, and then they made yep. the Crisis series. And this is the only games they're really known for, and then Rise Sun of Rome. The rest are all just sort of games I've never heard of before. Robinson the Journey, uh, The Climb, Warface. The Climb? What, the Miley Cyrus song? <laughs> yeah, they made they made The Climb, the Miley Cyrus song. Wow, I didn't know that. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, well, what about this? What about this generation? What about, like, The Last of Us Part 2? That has that state of play next week. It's going to be shown. Yeah, on Tuesday. That's pretty, that's pretty big. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited. I think I'm going to stream stay at play just to, you know, people don't ask me to. And since we know the last What do you expect there, to see? What do you expect to see? Do you ex- what do you expect to see from um, Last of Us Part 2? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know whether they're just going to do an, a trailer, maybe like a story trailer, because we don't know too much about the story. I think, yeah, do you know what? I think Because we've seen like, a, what, have we, what, have, what have we seen? We've seen like a gameplay demo yep. with Ellie, but no Joel other than the first teaser yeah and he was mentioned in that gameplay demo where someone references like oh you're old man and then like we but we've never actually we've never seen him we've seen like the silhouette of him and like the back of him and heard troy baker's voice um say like one line of dialogue or whatever um which is cool i like that because you know our protagonist is ellie so we're focusing on her but like joel is sort of like you know you can tell he's still prominent but like everyone fucking loves joel because he's the protagonist of the first game so they're sort of saving that I don't, I but Ellie's definitely the main character of this game for sure. Like yeah, you're playing, we're playing as Ellie through yeah, the yeah, 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 majority yeah. of the game. I'm sure we'll play as Joel. Maybe like points, but... the same way we played as Ellie like once or twice, right? We played as yeah. Wait, once. We yeah, once. Ellie. In the in the in the um, fucking in the snow. snow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which was nice. That bit was that bit was cool. Um, and then the DLC we also played as Ellie as well, which was which that True. DLC was fucking good. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe we'll play as Joel once uh in the game but this is ellie's game which i like i like that we're switching perspectives here but it's still gonna hopefully it's still gonna be but hopefully joel the doesn't two take main characters doesn't really matter who you play scene. as like I, it? it's like just I, I want joel to still be present like i don't want him to be away for the whole game like i don't want this to no be i want it's gonna be the two of them you know. together man it's gonna be like the same way the first one is i hope so the only issue is we doesn't really matter who you play as for like the, the, the like the gameplay demo we saw like joel is just not there for some reason um but who knows? But there might be, I'm mean, sure there'll be times apart. You might jump between the characters for pe- at periods of time. Maybe. But uh, I think, look, I think what we get from State of Play is I think we'll get a story trailer that gives you a bit more of the story and then we'll get the release date. Because I believe the release date leaked. Um, I didn't look at it because I didn't want to see it because I'm fucking i just sick of leaks. I'd rather just wait for the announcement and be hyped for the announcement rather than just looking at shit leaks on a fucking article. It just takes the fun out of everything. Um yeah but i think we'll get i think we'll probably get the release date um yeah i was gonna say i was like that's kind of my only prediction we get the release date i don't think i think it'll be a demo again like really? we saw last time okay but i think it'll be joel oh, i don't i kind of don't want to see joel i kind of want to save it for the game all right just because like why have they been keeping don't joel watch it. so secret 
and then they're just going to reveal him in a demo anyway. What's okay. the, what's the know, point man. of that? Well, how do you how are you going to hear about the story without seeing Joel at all? I don't know. Maybe maybe if they do a story trailer, like I wouldn't mind just seeing a bit of Joel the same way he was like in that first reveal. But like if you have a whole gameplay demo where Joel's present, it'll be like you kind of taken the reveal away there. I don't know. I just felt like what they were doing with uh, um, what they were doing with the whole marketing was like it's weird that Joel is so sort of elusive and just never there in anything that they've shown except for that first like couple of clips. Or it's like one clip in that first trailer um but i don't know it's like we don't we really don't know anything about this game's story and what they're doing with it so it's 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 super interesting but we know the naughty dog are gonna gonna nail it because it's fucking naughty dog so i'm looking forward to seeing some more last of us because it's been a fucking long time since the last trailer whenever it was when was it last year's e3 not even this yeah year? last year's e3 2018 yeah. that wasn't this year we saw nothing this year's e3 for Crazy. the last of us yeah well it's got yeah. sony one there um yeah yeah, tr- yeah I, exactly yeah I was wondering why. I was like, why wouldn't we have seen... Oh, yes, Sony wasn't even out of E3, were they? Mm-hmm. Strange times. Strange times, man. But I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm very excited. I mean, what else do you think they're going to show at State of Play other than The Last of Us? Do you think it'll be anything big well, or do you think this will... This um, will no, be you can't... This is the main event. Yeah. This is the main event. Because you know what it's like as it is with State of Plays? There's barely anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're pretty like this is the main event. Mm-hmm. And then there might be a couple little things. Yeah. Like, a, it'll be a normal set of play, boring, with The Last of Us Part 2 at the end. Yeah. Because a lot of people or have been, the been like, we haven't seen any Ghost of Shima for a while, but I don't think they're going to show it. I mean, that, they'll do an, the next state of play will be Ghost of Shima as the main event, right? Like, they're not going <laughs> to. Yeah, yeah. They're smart. They're not. They just set a play so often, they need stuff for it. They're not going to do two big things in one of them, mm-hmm. and then the next three set of plays are going to be dog shit yeah yeah i agree that makes sense that makes a lot of sense yeah i know a fucking genius i'm a fucking genius james yeah Yeah, there's been a lot of um shit going on this week uh with youtube sure Uh, the verification drama you know more youtube shit going on they tried to take a pillar's tick away this week youtube um, they failed, so that's <clears throat> yes. what matters. They did fail. Do you want to explain? Do you want to explain what happened? Yeah, sure. Well, YouTube came out for whatever reason. They do this all the time with their fucking changes, um, and said that they're making some changes to the verification process on on YouTube. Um, but not just that. They're also if you're currently verified, then you're going to be unverified for some reason. Which makes no sense because the verification because the reason they were saying is like we're changing it because people mistake the verification tick for YouTube endorsement, but it's like but what you're doing is you're people that have been verified, which verification is to prove that you're official, like you're the person you're the person if you have a big following you want to be shown as official. Yeah. So you're removing it because why? Like these people have already been verified, which seems to me like you are literally using it as endorsement though, by removing the verification tick. Because then that's yeah. you. Yeah, it's it's fucking stupid. Well, actually, yeah, because it's like, yeah, if you remember, so what you're saying is if they've got it, they are endorsed? I don't know. That's pretty much what they're what saying. They're doing. And it's so fucking stupid. Which but... is a more of a mistake because no one thinks of it as an endorsement now. But it's just like, literally, it's like you make 200,000 subscribers. It's, you get the tick. That's it. That's all it is. Yeah. 
Yeah. If well, you are choosing who gets and who doesn't, it's then an endorsement. So when someone, which they will, of course, in the social justice warrior eyes, fucks up, mm-hmm. or and when I say social justice warrior, I mean that on both sides of the fucking political spectrum, fucks up, and YouTube gets a lot of shit for it. Um, and the person has a tick that they are literally endorsed by them. Then yeah. it's bad. They can't defend themselves because they endorse these fucking people because yeah, they exactly. gave them the tick rather than. Well, they're the tickets that's 100,000. It's a reset of rule, and you can get it. It's not our fault they got 100,000. They fucking put up videos and people subscribe. That's it. Yeah, exactly. It's fucking ridiculous. The, the strange, so what they did was, as well, they've changed the tick. Well, they are changing the tick, so it's not a tick anymore. It's like a grey box behind your username, um, which I believe they're still going ahead with. Is that That's what the thing is going to be instead of a tick, which, fine, I don't care. Um, but so everyone kicked up a fuss about this um, this change with the verification tick, um, which you know rightly so. And then YouTube came out and said that they're changing it then because everyone's unhappy, uh, which is mental that they even acknowledge the complaints because they never do. Um, and so basically they've changed it and they've given a f- like a proper criteria now for how you get the verification. So everybody with verification will also keep their verification, and now it's also. If you hit 100k and you're, you know, you're an established brand or whatever, not like, you know, like, I don't know, like, a, like, like, I, like we would count, right? Um, like, you're actually, you're taking it seriously sort of thing. Like, you're an established, you know, creator. So it's basically the same as it always was now. So, and you can, you can apply for it as well. They've keeping the application process rather than removing, like they said, there was. So basically, they've removed But you have to everything. have 100,000. You have to have 100,000, which you always did. Um, yeah. But now it's... Once you hit 100,000, you can apply for verification and they'll accept people into the verification, which is basically what it always was. Um, so basically, they've just they've just fixed everything, except it's no longer a tick. It's going to be just a, a grey box behind your name or whatever um, uh, to show you, you're verified, I guess. But uh, I mean, that's a good thing, I guess. They, they listened and fixed it, but ideally they would fix everything else now. That'd be great. Um, like the fact that for whatever reason on the YouTube dashboard, it now rounds to the nearest 100, so I can't see my exact subscribers. I don't know who made that fucking change, but I would love if they would fix that because I want to see how many I have. I don't want to see it rounded. That's really fucking unhelpful. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess so. I guess it's, when you get really close to a milestone, it's annoying. It's so I generally don't care I've most been on, of the time. I've been on 95,600 for a few days now, and I don't know what I'm actually on. Like, am I on, like, like 670, 630? Like, I don't know how close I am. I don't know if I'm gaining or losing subs. Like, I, I can't judge. So it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. You can I'm, just look it up on one of the sub count things. No, the sub count is also rounded. I went onto the live sub count. What? And it's also rounded. I can't see my fucking subscriber count. Okay, now that's an issue. At first one, who cares, man? You can look it up on the fucking thing. Come yeah, it's still, I've just gone onto it. 90, I've gone onto livesubcounts.net and it's 95,600. But I know that can't be right because it's been like that for like three or four days. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um, and it's it's really fucking irritating. I don't know whether that is a bug or not, but it's... Like, I've gone on to Social Blade to check, and it's still 95,600. Because I know, I know it's rounding it, because a few days before it was 95,600, it was 95,500, and all of a sudden I went up by 100, and it's just sat here now. So it must be it must be rounding it. Um, and it's it's so fucking annoying. And there's no way of finding my true sub count anywhere. So, please fix that. Please fucking fix that, YouTube. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. 
it's it's really unhelpful it's really annoying um and i can't imagine what that would be like for smaller channels as well um that have less subscribers so you know sort that out and sort everything else out fucking sort your website out it's a mess but yeah i mean that was all that was all that stuff with the old verification yeah fucking annoying classic youtube though fucking mm-hmm. you know and it's not the only bad news this week. Um, it's apparently the Assassin's Creed movie is getting rebooted. Yeah, look, this was from a really unreliable source, so I'm not too worried about that. I mean, I don't care anyway. Like, who fucking cares? But, like, it was from... What was the source again? It I mean, was... it just means we've got to do another drunk viewing. Yeah, exactly. So that, that could be a bit of fun. Um, yeah. Actually, it may... and we made a lot of money out of that first one. Yeah, true. You know what? I hope they do it. You're right. I do as well. I'm just checking. Who was the source? I'm going to have a look. Because the Codex tweeted out, but it was a link to... Oh, we got this covered.com, which apparently is a terrible source for news, and everything they post is tends to be just sort of made up, and there's no real, right. no real credibility behind it. Um, so I'm, I'm, I don't think they're going to do it. I don't think Disney has any desire to make an Assassin's Creed movie, to be honest. Um, out of all the IPs they acquired, I think that's probably bottom of the list. Um, because, you know, video game movies are bad, and Assassin's Creed did terribly. So, yeah, I don't know. But if they do do it, we'll fucking watch it, and it'll be a fucking laugh. Um, so. Well, if they do another one, I hope it's as bad if not worse than the first one i hope so i mean if disney do it i i assume it'll at least be you know coherent um but hopefully it'll still be it'll still be funny um you know can we get another you've been desyncing in the animus i kind of just want them to redo the movie again with the same actors and everything but it's just disney's version of it (laughs) but it's the same film yeah right what you're saying yeah we need the rooks yeah exactly yeah. that's what i want them to say in the movie yeah i see what you're saying we need the rooks um i tell you what i would love to see disney remake like Ezio in a movie because i think it would be so fucking bad like really oh my really God. bad how bad would that be um yeah. that you know it'd just be a fucking good laugh seeing them you know just you know really really make some shit um it'd be great fun so I don't know. If they do do it, then they'll they'll do it, and uh, we'll watch it. But uh, I don't honestly don't think it's happening. No. Yeah. Well, I hope I hope not. Genuinely, I hope not. <laughs> um, We've got enough bad cinema in the world. <laughs> we do. Zack Schneider. We don't need more. Oh um, god. Yeah, we don't need more than that. Imagine if he was directing it. Oh, that would be actually incredible. The Schneider cut <laughs> of the Assassin's Creed movie. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's amazing. That would be I'd love to see it. I really would. Um, Just for the meme of it, more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Well, um, hopefully it doesn't happen. Hopefully it doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I don't care. Um, but speaking of the like Assassin's Creed community, Assassin's Creed, okay. mm-hmm. I feel what like when Odyssey came out, the yes. community was torn between <clears throat> fucking retards and normal people right like sure. it just felt like everyone had there wasn't like everyone 100% hated it or you 100% loved it mm-hmm. it was there was like this everyone had a oh i thought it was like a 9 out of 10 i thought it was an 8 out of 10 i thought it was 7 out of 10 i thought it was a 5 i thought it was a 4 i thought it was a 3 i hated it it was a 0 it was 1 like you know what i mean like there's everyone had so many different scales to odyssey mm-hmm. 
so many different opinions on to see what was good, what was bad. I feel like now we've now set up from just this big mosh pit of mixture feelings to you loved it or you hated it. We're mm-hmm. in two camps now. Yeah. And the loved it aren't real Assassin's Creed fans. And the real yeah. Assassin's Creed fans that thought they loved it are now on our side. Yeah, that's what I think, yeah. Do you feel this way? And what and what have you experienced since this Assassin's Creed Odyssey broke me and the yeah. Reddit saying different things? Like, what, what, where are you at with this now? Yeah, I, it was after I put that video out. I was, honestly, I was expecting when I put it out to get, like, I thought I'd get quite a bit of support, but I thought a lot of it would be a lot of people just sort of shitting on the video and dislike spamming and whatever. But the like to dislike ratio is brilliant, and I still get, I mean, I still get some retarded fucking comments but that's the thing they're always retarded i've never received i don't think i've ever received a comment genuinely like defending odyssey coherently where it's like this really well put together well structured comment like actually i think this because blah 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 it's always just idiots like it's just the dumbest shit um and it's 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 so strange the way that people do like defend odyssey there's like this weird group of people and they're all so similar. But I think that after that video and after some time, I think, yeah, most of the Assassin's Creed fans are sort of, I think, w- where we are with um, with regards to Odyssey, which is nice to see, especially if you go onto the Reddit, um, which I don't often, but if you do, uh, a lot of people just don't like Odyssey. It's very common to not like Odyssey. Like, if someone posts a... Uh, so I saw a, a post that was, like, about how Odyssey's... Like, I don't understand all the hate for Odyssey. And then... the well, I read through the comments, and all of the comments were just shitting on Odyssey, and I was like, yeah, good. It's good to see. I like that. Nice stuff. Yeah, yeah, but it's 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 almost strange, like, how it's happened, because it wasn't like that at first. It's no, an it over-time thing. It as it settled in, like anything, when you play it at first and you just take it as it is, you kind of forget what's before it. But as you kind of settle in on what you really want next, when you're thinking about the future and what's next, you're like, well... I still want all those things that I was saying before Odyssey came out because I didn't get them in Odyssey. Mm-hmm. I still want a story-based Assassin's Creed. I still want scripted sequences. Mm-hmm. I still want proper characters. I, You know still what? I didn't like that they did RPG. You know what? I didn't like the dialogue choice. You know what? I didn't like how fucking big... You know what? I didn't... You know what? I fucking hated Odyssey. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what it goes to. Yeah. And I think that a lot um, of people, like, that were saying Odyssey was great. And the, the the subreddit when Odyssey came out was filled with, I think, new fans. But I think as Odyssey, like, got older, those people moved on and did other things. And so the subreddit is now mostly populated by Assassin's Creed fans, um, not Odyssey fans. Uh, because just over time, people have just, you know, moved on. Whereas the Assassin's Creed fans are still around. So a lot of it is probably a lot more pro-Assassin's Creed um and against odyssey itself as you know whatever the fuck that is um so it's uh it's it's interesting but i like it a lot i really like it a lot because it's like yeah well i was saying this all along from day one actually i was saying this i don't think there was ever a point where i liked odyssey ever so fuck all of you it took everyone so long to finally come around and be like yeah you know you're probably right but uh you know this is the only time I've ever been right the whole time. I haven't knee-jerked something and then changed my mind. Yeah, I'm I'm impressed. Yeah, I'm, I'm very impressed. Changing my ways. Um, and don't get me wrong, like, I look back on my review on Odyssey afterwards thinking, was I too nice on it? I probably was too nice on it, you but, too nice, yeah. like, I stood by the fact that 
I said, uh, literally the title of my review is, why does Ubisoft hate Assassin's Creed? <laughs> like, yeah. that was the title of my review. I've always, I feel the same way about Odyssey as I felt when I first played it. I think I never want to play it again is the difference. Um, whereas at the time, like, I'm like, oh, you know, it's a, it's a fine ancient Greek RPG, but I'm like, no, oh, you know, it's kind of fucking boring. When I look back, I'm like, fucking boring. It is fucking like, boring. It's so nothing. And the issue is, right, it does this to everybody. Because I had some moments where I was playing Odyssey where, like, I think I like the like progression. idea it's like progression. of it yeah, it's, more than yeah, exactly. I like it itself. Like, when I'm playing it, I'm like, oh, I like the idea of getting loot. I like the idea of XP. I like the idea of, like, the cultist system. I like the idea of dialogue choices. I like the idea of a big open world. I like the idea of naval. But the way it's executed in Odyssey is so shit. And sometimes yeah, I conflate right. the two. I'm like, do I just do... Am I having fun or am I, like... I like the idea of it, but actually doing it, I'm like, I don't like it. I think that's what it is. And I think it tricks a lot of people. Like, a lot of people that aren't critical and don't look into it, they'll just be like, yeah, Odyssey's just a bit of fun. Um, but it's it's so it's so, it's such a fucking piss poor attempt at an RPG. It's honestly fucking insulting. When you've got games like Origins for a start, you've got Horizon Zero Dawn, you've got The Witcher Three that came out three years before Odyssey. Like, what are we doing, Ubisoft? It's just not fucking good enough. It's just not a good enough game. Like, CD Projekt Red's a smaller studio, and they released The Witcher Three in 2015. And you're telling me Ubisoft released a game in 2018, and it's not even close. I just it's it's just such a I, it, I just don't get it. Like, a lot of people just are, are just... They're just so complacent with just terrible products that they'll just eat it the fuck up. Um, but I, I, I just... Interesting, right? Like, there's there's this weird state where I think Ubisoft... in There's enough people inside Ubisoft right now. There's this, enough discussion going right now that they're in agreement with us, mm-hmm. the Assassin's Creed fans. I honestly do. There's enough people in there that agree with us. Yeah. I truly, truly believe that. I have reason to believe that. Now, mm-hmm. especially when the CEO of Ubisoft, who's never said anything that makes you think he cares about anything but making money and growing his company, which, you know, mm-hmm. I've got no problem with. That's his fucking job. Yeah, good for him. But, but him saying he wants his goal is to make a unity in an odyssey what do you think is actually... That, yeah? a good thing yeah but do you in think it's theory in theory, in theory no i no, sure. no 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 i don't mean having it's i think it's a good thing for the reasons you you you, you don't think i'm not saying having a unity and odyssey is a good thing that sounds fucking awful it also is impossible that's not what i yeah, thought yeah, was yeah. good about hearing that what i thought was good about hearing that is that he understands that assassin's creed needs to be more storied more sequence, more character-wise, like though? Unity was. Well, what else would you mean by that? Well, I think he's talking what shit. Is, what, is, what does he mean by Unity in a syndic- what do you, Syndicate? Unity in, in, Unity I, look, in Odyssey. Look, what do you think he think, means by that? I don't when think he says he Unity... Anything. I, I don't, don't I think he means, think he means anything. anything. It's fucking Eve. He, I don't think he even knows what Assassin's Creed is. I don't think he fucking understands it, because he doesn't make it. He, I don't think he gets it. I think, like I said this in my video. He's I been think, around it for twelve years. Yeah, but I still don't. I he still gets don't think he understands it. it. Like I don't. I think. That yeah, he I, thinks, I agree with you. He doesn't understand it. But... I think he thinks. Look, I th- because I think when he made that statement, 
I think he's talking about Odyssey itself. I think he's saying, we've got all of these little stories. Like, he thinks, Unity, that's a small game. Like, it's a c- focused, it's a narrative, and it's a small little game. You've got Odyssey, which is this huge game with all these stories, and he thinks, oh, you go to the island of Mykonos, that's got its own story, that's its own little Unity. You go to Kefalonia, that's its own little Unity. You go to Sparta, you've got your own little quest line story there, that's a Unity. I think that's what he's talking about. I think he's talking about really? these big why worlds, do, why do these mini stories. Because I don't think, I don't think Eve looks at Assassin's Creed Odyssey and he can see the glaring flaws with the with like the poor narrative and the dialogue and the fact that it's so shallow I don't think he can tell I do I do and I'll tell you why I'll tell you why I do okay I'll tell you why I do because he's sitting most of his time in Montreal where he's got a legitimate Assassin's Creed development team Mm. that actually know Assassin's Creed telling him so that's a fair point because he okay yeah and we know that they agree with us Yes. You know what I mean? Like, we know that there are people that actually care about... You're telling me Darby McDevitt liked Odyssey? I don't, I don't believe that for a second. I don't believe that for a second. He's never said anything to me about it, obviously. I haven't had a fucking conversation with him, but I, I do not believe that. And do I believe there's people high up that agree with Darby and agree with all these other people? Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to put words in these people's mouths because, again, I haven't talked to anyone. No. But I know they don't like Odyssey. I know they love Assassin's Creed. That's why I know they don't like Odyssey. Because I know they love Assassin's Creed. I know they understand Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Ashraf understands Assassin's Creed. His producers, his writers, his close-knit team that he's worked with on Black Flag and Origins, yeah. they know Assassin's Creed. But it's not even just They've that. They've proven that. It, they also and just you're know telling good me games. They don't have Eve's ear? Yeah, and you're telling me they don't have Eve's ear? Every time Ashraf tweets about games, not about Assassin's Creed, he's tweeting about the best of the best games. He understands how good God of War is, Horizon is, and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. He's an amazing game director. He's done nothing but make quality game content, I th- and he <laughs> understands Assassin's Creed. Does he have to? Does he have to do things that Ubisoft make him do, like make Assassin's Creed more of an RPG? Sure, but does he know how to make it right where it fits Assassin's Creed? Origins prove that. Is it perfect? No. But fucking a million times better than Odyssey. Yeah, and it's a strong RPG. Like he understands how to make depth in games. Like I, so I was after playing Odyssey. It almost a lot of people were saying this in the community because I was streaming. Um, I wasn't streaming. I was on Discord. And a lot of people. Turns out the community just for whatever reason doesn't like Origins now. They're like, oh, Origins is shit as well because it's like the same. So I was like, okay, like I, like playing after playing Odyssey, it has soured my sort of opinion of that sort of style of game because I I picture them as being so similar. So I went back and I played Origins and I was like, no, this is so much fucking better. Like, I, I went, so there was this quest to go and rescue a guy from a fort, which, I, yeah, I know, is every quest in, in Origins, which is one of the big problems. But I went into the fort, I didn't have fucking superpower, so I was stealthing through and I felt like an assassin, which was nice. Then I went into the fort and I interacted with this thing and, you know, if it was Odyssey, it'd just be, oh, you saved the person, whatever. But it, it went into a cutscene, it was motion captured, bike opens the thing, he has dialogue with the guy he's saving, and it's like, yeah, that's fucking right. great. Like, that just shows depth right. in even the most minor I quests. I love the side quests on Origins. I thought Freedom for Justice was so fun to do because there's so fucking many. It was hard for me to pick of ten... I. Hundreds of hours of content I recorded for Freedom for Justice. I could have made 20 episodes, and I had to cut certain episodes. Mm. I had to cut quests because there's so many different options I had. Yeah. I mean, look, Origins isn't perfect with its side content. Like, one of my biggest, like, complaints is that, what for one, everything's marked on the map, so it means everything in between the markers is Ag- Agreed, I'm totally, yeah. yeah. And the other thing is, a lot of the quests can sometimes be repetitive, but there's a lot of good stuff in there, and even when they are repetitive objectives... 
the the basis for them always has a little bit there. Like I said, like there's a lot of fort missions where you're rescuing people from forts. I mean, that is an issue as a, stru as a structural thing. But the fact that this mission had a unique motion capture cutscene with Bayek having dialogue with the guy he's saving adds depth to what otherwise would be a repetitive mission, which I think is nice. It gives it gives a bit more there, whereas Odyssey wouldn't have had that. And Odyssey is a lot bigger, full of just all these repetitive shit. And I think that gives Od Origins a lot more depth to it, which is why it's a stronger RPG, because it knows what it is as well. It knows it's an Assassin's Creed RPG, so it's like, we can't have dialogue options, we can't have all this other bullshit, you know, it's got to be Assassin's Creed, but it's an RPG, and that's why it's so character-focused, even with its, like, menial side stuff, which I think is good, and I like that, and there's a lot of good side quest lines in there and stuff like that, and, you know, Ashraf just understands good games, and I think the funniest thing is, the only time he's ever tweeted about Odyssey was when someone asked him about the DLC, and he replied saying, I did not work on Odyssey, and that's the only time he's ever tweeted about yeah, it, and you, which and is someone funny. saying, like, he tweets about lots of games from lots of companies, and now he's saying, like, the only thing he's ever said about it is, I didn't work on it, because he doesn't <laughs> want people to know he worked on the fucking game. Now, again, I don't want to put words in his mouth. I haven't talked, I haven't talked to him. But no. what, you yeah. read between the lines. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm. what do you think that means? Yeah. I definitely. didn't work on Odyssey. He wants to make sure you fucking know he didn't work on Odyssey. That's mm -hmm. I tell you that right now. I tell you that right now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's just it. I mean, it's good to see as well. Ashraf is now creative director as well, not just game director, which is nice. So he's yeah. in charge of a team not just in charge of a department of a team, you know, not just in charge of, like, a small team that's doing the game directing. Like, he is the creative director of whatever this next Assassin's Creed is. So, yeah, you know, I am, fully in charge of this I will play any any Assassin's Creed game that Ashraf Ishmael is in charge of or working on in a key way, mm -hmm. I will play. Anything else, I'm out. Unless Darby wrote it, then perhaps. Yeah. If there's somehow a different game. But, like, I'm pretty sure that's not the case. Yeah. Do, do you have a feeling that Darby's working on the next Assassin's Creed with Ash? I think, well, I mean, Darby's I no think Darby's a, back on Assassin's Creed. But, yeah, but Darby's not a scriptwriter anymore. He's a, he's a, what is it called? And he's a, not a narrative director. He's something else. He's been working, he just sort of flip-flops around to a bunch of games. Let me find what it's called. It's on his, um, what's it called? His, uh, LinkedIn. Uh, where it says it says what he's been working on, like unannounced projects, blah blah blah. Let me find it. Uh, let's have a look here. So he did so from 2016 to 2018, he did narrative concept and design for an unannounced project, and then from 2018 to present, he's doing narrative concept and design for an unannounced project. He also did writer research and conception for Assassin's Creed Origins. The last time he was a lead scriptwriter was on Black Flag, um, and that was in 2013, and then he changed to be... Oh, so he is... So he's a, a narrative... He is a narrative director now, but he doesn't He doesn't seem to be writing scripts for anything. He's just doing no, narrative concept and design. Well, what if he's the narrative director in the next Assassin's Creed? Well, we can hope. That Ashraf's work. We can hope. That'd be nice. Yeah. Um, but who knows? I mean, who the fuck knows? Um... But it would be it would be really nice to see to see Darby write something again because he's such a phenomenal writer. He understands subtleties and the only Assassin's Creed games other than like AC Two and Brotherhood that have had strong side characters and supporting characters is the ones that Darby have written Black Flag and uh, Revelations, Revelations. Um, having really strong supporting characters. Um, whereas other other Assassin's Creed games just don't do that. They completely miss the mark with supporting characters. So um, it'd just be it'd just be really nice to see him to see him writing again um anything like it doesn't even have to be assassin's creed like i just want to see darby write a game to be honest um 
And this is the thing with Ash. Like, I don't care what he makes. I'll play an Ashraf game because I think he understands making games, making good games with depth to them. Whereas, you know, the people that made Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Quebec, that, that team does not understand it at all. They don't understand subtlety. I don't think I don't think the different departments that work on the game work together very well. So like narrative, game director, game directing, all those things. I don't think they work together very well. Like I don't think they're communicating properly because it doesn't look like any of their systems were made for each other. It feels like everything's separate. Um, and so I don't know. Um, but I mean, in terms of what are Quebec doing as well, I mean, they're working on gods, gods and monsters or whatever. Um, which is weird because that's coming out in February and it was only announced at this year's E3. And yeah. so that means they were working on Gods and Monsters alongside Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So, so what you're saying is, James, while they were making Odyssey, they were spending half of their time jumping between some other completely different game and making them both simultaneously. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Feels like it. Yeah, and it's this is an ancient like Greek Odyssey RPG like as well. Like, yeah. And it, to, me, to me, like I've said this from the beginning, since, well, when... Um, gods and monsters got announced is i feel like quebec were working on uh wanted to make gods and monsters but ubisoft were like no you're making assassin's creed and so well, saw they're doing a gods and monsters they're like make assassin's creed but this yeah and so and then they were and then like, then they, and then after assassin's creed odyssey was successful like, okay you can release your little fucking stupid game um because you know you've got goodwill of the people that then play this so maybe that splits that audience maybe they've got look if you liked odyssey go and play these games but you montreal now you can do your thing maybe um that's what they're gonna try and try and do with with that um but i honestly don't know like i don't know what's gonna happen next i mean it fucking... see so i want to go back to this unity in a in an odyssey okay now the reason I say this because I said to you I think he's got enough people in his ear telling him what Assassin's Creed really is. He's like, well, maybe there's a compromise there. Maybe we can do what you know the games like Unity did well. You know those mm. condensed stories in a condensed city, pure Assassin's Creed. You know if it was done right, obviously, and like had development time, I should say it was done right with mm. bad development time. Um, whereas then you look at Odyssey and it's making him money. So he's like, well, can we just do both? So, well, no, you can't. But what he's telling me is he's like, he understands the flaws of Odyssey. He sure. understands the faults of doing a game like this that's Assassin's Creed. He understands that issue. Mm -hmm. He sees it enough. Maybe he doesn't understand it fully. I'm sure he doesn't. Yeah. But he's starting to get that. And mm -hmm. that's telling me that enough people, uh, you know, uh, in his ear about it. Yeah, I tell you what, that does make sense. That does make sense. I mean, when I first read it, I think, I, to me, it came off as like a manipulative statement to be like, you know, what we want to make is a Unity and an Odyssey. So it's like, we're still making Odyssey, but also, oh, we might try and do what Unity did just to get both sides of the, like, the fence sort of on board uh, more so than it... I, to me, it didn't feel like he was speaking to anything specific. Um, but maybe he was. Maybe he was talking about the direction of where they're taking things and he was being specific, but... To me, it just felt like vague words to satisfy the answer, rather than like an actual. What was the question? What he was saying. It was, it was. Uh, a lot of fans uh, have been wanting the older Assassin's Creed backs, like a more condensed story in one single city. Are we ever going to see that again? And his answer was no. But we want. We would like to. Uh, what our aim is to have a unity in an Odyssey, is what he was saying. That that was. Yeah, that, okay. I think that was it. Um, yeah. Okay. So I don't know. I really don't know what that fucking means, to be honest. Like, if it yeah, does mean I something, like, what the fuck does it mean? Because he said, like, he goes on to say, um, we 
so people for people that want that 15 hour story they can have it but for people that want to do all this extra stuff you can have that as well but you can't really like you can't have an odyssey with a unity they don't well, go well if you hand, don't have possible. to like run if, 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 well it would in a sense of when he says odyssey it's not as if it's not as big as odyssey like origin size you could do it but even still like, like that, what, how do you do how do you manage levels with like how do you have yeah. a proper rpg and have that you can't what they would they would work like they'd be at the detriment of each other it wouldn't really well work unless properly. like there's like a main story and you don't have to be that high level but then there's heaps of like post game like de- like destiny but I just think that would fuck with it. Like, if you're doing... Yeah, well, obviously if... it would. I'm just saying that's what I think he might mean. That would be bad, though. I don't like that. Yeah. You, gotta, you kind of got to have one or the other. I don't know what I don't he means. Know. I don't know what he means, man. No, I, I don't, don't know, know either. Means. It's a bit of a weird statement. Um, but I just... I don't know. Like, look, if I, if I had it my way, we'd have a fucking smaller map, just have a city to explore, or multiple cities, whatever, and uh, it'd be an urban environment... You know, you'd have actual assassins, Templars, a condensed story, some nice side missions in there. Just, you know, just fucking do it. Do it. Make an Assassin's Creed game. I, I miss those days. You know, it would be nice to have again because they were good. It would be nice to have. But, uh, you know, if we never get it, whatever. Who cares? Um, who fucking cares? Fucking shit. Um, fucking uh, lead, the lead writer of, of, of uh, Odyssey left, uh, left Quebec, oh, not Ubisoft. Thank God. Um, to go work at some other studio, uh, whatever. She said, because the way she phrased her tweet was like, I'm leaving Quebec to go to Montreal, but it was like what she was actually saying was she's leaving Ubisoft, She's but she's working at some other studio that's in Montreal, so she's not with Ubisoft. Um, okay. So, you know. Chase chase that money, girl. Chase cool. it. Good um, for you. God knows what happened to fucking um, Jeffrey O'Harlem, who worked on uh, a Syndicate. I don't know where he went. Um, not, I don't even know if he's still at Ubisoft. Um he also did Brotherhood. Well, he did Brotherhood sixteen stuff, like yeah, all, all okay. the glyphs and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. True, um, true. And worked on some of the stuff, but Corey May was, I think, the the main guy for Brotherhood. Yeah, it um, was. Yeah, Corey May is a fucking good writer. The only time he's ever slipped up was AC three, and I honestly think that was, was a bad Ubisoft take thing. A pretty horrendous slip up, bro. But I, th- I think it was an I think it was a Ubisoft mm-hmm. thing because. Because uh, when you, I don't. It's, we're not when it's that bad. Yeah, but not when you when look at bad. when you look at three and you look at the actual writing, it's not the the issue I have is with the I mean the the perspective, and also with Connor himself. Other than that, like it's good. They just it's just the stuff that Connor does is not good. Like the on stuff your left, with, Connor. It's on your left. The the, the Haytham stuff is great. Like to me, honestly, I feel like he wanted to do a Haytham game, and they were like, "No, you're not doing it." And then he changed it, but like he didn't want to ruin Haytham. But then like he's got like he's got to make Connor work, and it just fell apart. I don't know. But Haytham is written so well. Like, how do you write Haytham so well, and then write Connor so bad? Like Haytham is consistently well written through the entirety of the game, and it's so strange that you would then fuck up um, Connor, especially when you look at for one like Achilles has has good writing as well. You've got. Um, the different templars they give really interesting speeches the only issue is with connor's reaction to everything is so fucking irritating and he has no development he doesn't feel like a protagonist and that's the major major issue with ac3 is if you change a few things it could be a really great game honestly that's what i think personally um obviously the mondale also sucks but like you know 
uh, who cares about that but um not me well i can't uh, have heard you say that i just yeah. i'm just fucking dead isn't i never it? did i but... don't care um but it's it's like if you change the way that connor interacted with things so he um if it, it could almost mirror altair in a way the way that every time he kills a templar like every time connor kills a templar these templars are telling him information you're as the player you're almost agreeing with him you're like yeah, actually that's a good point what the fuck connor like maybe you should learn something but he never learns anything but what should have happened is i mean look i said this on stream right so the downfall of the brotherhood was due to achilles right and he's then teaching connor pretty much all of his wrongs although although achilles has learned in some sense i feel that connor needs to learn too after learning the things that the templars are telling him he should have taken that to achilles and been like look you're right but also they're right as well and we need to change because are we really arguing about ac3 right now look i, I just i said to. this came up on stream the other day and i was like this i i it's just it's a few changes and it would work and you could you could have a you could have a good game there they just it, it's just so slightly off that it that it skews everything and makes it incredibly shit like it's so close but so far and it's like it's it's a big it's a big shame because it is a lot of it's there's so much potential there like they get the gray area right like it's the first time they've ever got templar assassin gray area good since ac1 it's just connor's fucking reaction to everything is so appalling and just he's just so badly written that it fucks with everything but uh you know so i personally i think you know it was just something happened with cory may there because everything else is so the idea and the concept and his other writing is so great and it is just everything with connor falls apart so i don't know i still like Corey may he's a sound bloke is my point there actually was what i was going for um you know he's all right does he still work at ubisoft no i don't think so uh, i think he left years ago oh no Corey, who wrote unity was it not Corey? no it wasn't Corey. who the fuck wrote unity i checked I will check. Uh, writers. Oh, who the fuck are these guys? Sil Sylvain Bernard. Alex yep. Amancio. Yes. Travis Stout. Russell Lees. Yep. Darby McDevitt. And Seri Young. Okay, don't bring Darby into this. He, um, he barely had anything. No, he didn't. He did a lot of modern day stuff where they cut it all out, is what he said. Um, yeah. So, like, there was meant to be Juno stuff in there and uh mysterious stuff he did all that stuff but uh they cut all that out so because he said they've reduced it to just like database files and stuff um so yeah that was all that was all darby did for that game um good old darby what a sweet boy i'd like to see him do something it'd be nice i agree <clears throat> i'm with you mm -hmm. i'm with you um you know, I guess to move on from Assassin's Creed, yeah. I'm kind of done with that. I just, I hope, I, I pray for, for, for Ashraf to just make a better game than Odyssey. Yep. Just, just please, for the Hopefully love of all that is better. holy. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Well, Vikings, I like Vikings. You know. I, yeah, I guess. Like... But I mean, for an Assassin's Creed game, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Well, Depends where it's. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, just, I don't want to run through a forest for like 10 just minutes. Let me, just let me play a fucking assassin, please. Nah, don't do that's that. Well. That's bad. Why would you want to play as an assassin in an Assassin's Creed game? Yeah. I just want to play as an epic Viking. Ideally, like with superpowers or something, but yeah. Yeah. 
It'll be epic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's enough Assassin's Creed for me for the day. I'm done, fucking done with it. I'm it's done. It's enough for the year. That's it. Let's move on. It's enough for the year. Let's talk Kingdom Hearts 3. Ooh, Kingdom you Hearts 3. You streamed and Fox. George finished it. Mm-hmm. What was his reaction to Kingdom Hearts 3? He loved it. More than you? Uh, I think we like it probably about the same. I mean, after playing it through a second time, I love it way more now. I think playing it on Critical was just so much fun. It was so much better than the first time I played it through. So a lot of criticisms that I had are sort of like so much more minor now. I still have some some big criticisms, like uh, the way it handles keyboard transformations and limits and situation commands. It's like, there. Eh. But the way that Critical removes attraction flow is good. The way that it makes it way harder is good. It's a lot more balanced. Um, and then also us doing all the side content, like doing the Flantastic 7, which is like the Mushroom 13, uh, doing getting Ultima Weapon, uh, doing the mini games in the in Frozen and stuff, um, was really fucking fun. And it was just... It just made me appreciate what's there in Kingdom Hearts 3 a lot more. Um, as I'm well fucking as, glad, finally, it's about time. You, well you were a bit bitter in, on that game. Yeah, I guess. I, I just like saying it was shit, even if I didn't think it was shit. Um, but the uh, the story is, you know, is really good as well. You know, I liked it a lot more this time for what it was worth. I think it was without, any, without having any expectations. It was like, just for what it was, that all of the great moments really fucking stood out to me. And the moments that I did... I mean, the only moment I really didn't like was the ending for Xehanort. Um, but even this time playing through, I'm like, eh, it's not even that bad. Like, whatever. It's fine. Um, I still yeah. will probably change it myself, but I, I listened to some of his dialogue a bit closer this time just to see if I could sort of justify it for myself. And I'm like, actually, it kind of makes sense. It kind of makes sense. Um, yeah, so right. whatever. Um, but yeah, it was really great. And then watching the secret ending and the post credit scene and everything just... You know, just got me fucking hyped for the next Kingdom Hearts game, to be honest. I'm so fucking hyped and for Remind as well. Um, should be should be a good fucking time. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, well, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about Remind because it got a trailer mm-hmm. um, recently. What Do you yeah. want to talk about what we're getting? Because I think you know more than I do. Yeah. Um, oh, fuck. Hang on a minute. Okay. Um, I had a little bit of a stretch there. Um, so... In terms of Remind, I believe what we're getting is additional cutscenes within the main story that'll add some bits and pieces here and there, I think, uh, as well as the a change to the Keyblade Graveyard Labyrinth fights, because it looks like we're getting to ch- play as multiple characters, but it doesn't just look like we're playing as multiple characters, it almost looks like we're choosing or switching characters, I don't know, because in the gameplay you see you're playing as Axel fighting like Psyx, and then next minute, it's the same fight, but you're playing as Roxas. So it's like, do we get to pick before the fight which one we play as? So we could still technically play as Sora if we wanted to, to do Sora for all of them. Or yeah. will it switch us or are they setting it? at yeah. points, or like what will happen there? But but you get to play as different characters. Like we're going to be playing as Riku, we're going to be playing as um, Aqua, um, potentially Ven, yes. and then Axel and wow. Roxas, which is going to be great fun. Like playing as Roxas, I'm so fucking hyped for you. such an overpowered fucking character, I can't wait. To have those dual key players and just fuck shit up. That's going to be great fun. Um, and that's all going to be great. Um, on top of that, and also we've seen like the Master of Masters is there talking to Xehanort um, in the Keyblade yes. graveyard. Um, yeah. Like that's that's, that's right. super interesting. Um, and Xehanort's got silver eyes there as well, not the yellow eyes. So what's going on there? 
Um, yeah. Maybe some more origin stuff for Xehanort and expanding on, you know, what his real goal why, was. And, yeah. yeah, and why he was good and maybe why he was evil and then you would like the ending of Xehanort. It'll make sense. Maybe he was manipulated. Yeah, potentially. And that ends then adds to the greater story of Kingdom Hearts. So that'll be interesting. Um, yeah. And as, as I well think it's going to make that, you love Kingdom Hearts 3 the most. Yeah, I think Because I'd I think say yeah. Kingdom Hearts 3 is my favorite Kingdom Hearts game, I'd say. Mm-hmm. I think it's my second favorite. Kingdom Hearts Kingdom Hearts One's my second favorite. Kingdom Hearts Two yeah. is my third. Yeah, see, so my how I feel. My favorite is KH Two Final Mix, and then but I still have bit in this Kingdom Hearts Two. So and then catch why? I've to- I've, we've had this conversation a million times. What is there to be bitter about about that perfect video game? It's a two thousand. Well, okay, first of all, you're talking about Kingdom Hearts Two Final Mix. Yeah. I played Kingdom Hearts Two as it was in two thousand six. And all there was was Kingdom Hearts 1 and a Game Boy Color chain of memories, which nobody played until it was remastered. Sure. So. I suppose it's a different it's, time. It was a different, it was different time back then, man. Different time. True. And I'm still there. I'm yeah. still there. Like, love KHD Final Mix. And I love KH3 now. I like, love it. I fucking love it favorite. too, man. I'm, but even, like, Remind is going to solidify it for me, I think, with all of these additions to story and gameplay. And also, on top of that, um, Keyblade Edition, so we're getting Oblivion and Oathkeeper, which is fucking yes. great. That's going to be great. Yes. I can't wait. Yes. For those, um, on top of all of that, we're getting fucking Data Battles, which is exactly what I fucking needed. We've seen Vanitas and Zigbar, which means we're probably going to get all of the individual organization members, which is going to be fucking brilliant. I can't wait um, for Data Battles. That is going to be a blast. Um, and then also the final shot of that trailer looked like they were setting up that we're going to get to play the Lingering Will versus Terranaut. So we're going to get to play as the Lingering Will, fighting Terranaut, which if that's what we're doing, yes. if that's what we're fucking doing, I can't fucking wait. That's going to be mad. That's going to be so fucking good. And I just love that they're adding all these additional bosses, additional story stuff. And then on top of everything, we're also getting a additional, like, story episode. So I don't know whether oh, really? this is something... Yeah, so I don't know whether this is something that happens during the game or this is, like, a post-game thing. So, like, you know, what happened to Sora after the credits type thing. Um, but it looks like it probably is because he's got you've got Sora talking to Namine saying that he needs to go and find the... Uh... Do you reckon it'll be him finding Kyrie? That'll I be think that so. Journey? I think so, because you've got because he says to Namine... Because it I won't be after find... that, like, Kingdom Hearts 4 stuff, because that's... Yeah. Yeah, so he says he's got to go find the place with the sea and the sky or whatever, which is, like, that final world. And then you get another scene with him and Chirithi, where he's basically saying that Kyrie's heart is... He's like, Kyrie's heart isn't lost, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, it looks like, yeah, it's his search to find Kyrie um, after Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, but probably before that final scene on Destiny Islands, so yeah, I agree. So it's the lead up to that, like what happened when he left at the end. Yeah, and yeah. got Kyrie, and it'll probably then scene. directly set up the next Kingdom Hearts game as well, which will be because that's what Nomura wants to work on straight away, right? Like we're yeah, not fucking said, around yeah. anymore. We're not waiting thirteen years for Kingdom Hearts Four. We're we're going straight to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's what he keeps saying. So you know, what, so what was the last thing he said about it, like? Because you pay way remember. more attention to this I, than me. Like, the, did he say, I want to work I've, on the next Kingdom Hearts game? The, the, the only thing I remember him saying in an interview was he doesn't want to spend ages working on DLC. He wants to get this one DLC out because that's what he's wanted to do. He wants a big expansion to come out for Kingdom Hearts 3 and he wants it out by the end of the year. Like a final mix. All the other games got it. Kingdom Hearts yeah. 3 deserves it. Yeah. So he wants he wants this big DLC out by the end of the year and then he wants to get started on the next game. Like he'd rather be working on the next Kingdom Hearts game than working on little bits of DLC here and there. Like he just wants to, you know work on the next title, which is good to hear. Because uh, too many developers these days just release loads of expansions and keep updating their game like as a live service. It's like, nah, just fuck off. Just make the next fucking game. 
Um, yeah, make final mix and let's let's get straight to it yeah. with um Kingdom Hearts Four. The next story. Um, yeah, he knows the story. He's already got it set up. Like he knows he obviously knows what, what he wants doing. to do with it. Fucking nice. You've got Pixar, you know, available to you. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just get to it. Let's fucking do it. Yeah, and that's something. That, that's the thing with KH Four. I hope we see. I mean, I, I hope we see some new Pixar worlds, but I want to see some returning worlds too. I really do. What do you want to return? Aladdin is a big one that I want to see return. Well, do you, do you think they're going to do Disney Worlds again, or you think they're just set on Pixar now? No, I think we'll still see Disney Worlds. I think we will. What did we get Disney Worlds in three? It was just Hercules. No, there was more Disney Worlds. There wasn't a great deal of Pixar. There was two Pixar. The rest were all Disney. Well, so I, I mean, like classic cartoon. I don't mean these animated fucking. Yeah, things. but I mean, yeah, I mean, I know, but it, well, like Tangled's not. It's Disney. It's, Pixar. it's, it's the Disney, same fucking shit. It's Disney Pictures, whatever it's called. I understand what you're saying, James. James, I understand what you're saying. That made Aladdin, Lion King, Peter Pan. I understand what you're saying. It just looks different. Yeah. Which, which, but, but that leads me to believe. I don't like things that look different. (laughs) Right? Then I do. That's the same as me. Wait, what? Where are we going? (laughs) But that's the thing. I leads me to believe that they're not leaving just Disney behind because if they've done Tangled and Frozen, and you know they've done Pirates. It leads me to believe that we'll see more of that. So even I if, it, but again. which means that we should see. Um, I think we'll see more classic Disney worlds as well because they're not leaving Disney behind. Because we saw Toy Box and um, Monsters, which was Pixar, but the rest were all Disney. Even if it was newer Disney films, so hopefully we get to see some older Disney films too. Like I want to see Aladdin. I want to see Lion King, and that's. I mean, that's about it. I'd love to see Nightmare Before Christmas again, like Halloween Town. I think we'll get Toy Story again. To be honest. I don't want to see Toy Story again. That was one of my least favorite worlds. Fuck Toy Story. Oh, it wasn't my least favorite. I'm trying to think, what was my least favorite world? San Francisco. That was out there with the worst. Yeah. yeah. Well, my, my least favorite worlds were the Pixar worlds. San Francisco, Toy Story, Monsters, Inc. Those are my least favorite worlds. Monsters, Inc. was my least favorite, I think. The, and the reason as well is because they didn't follow the story of the movie. And they had their own it, stories. It, it lost me. It fucking lost me. Whereas um, Frozen Tangled followed, was the best. Tangled was Tangled easily was the, best. the best. That was such easly a fucking strong world. And that's why that's yeah. it followed the story of the movie. It was great. Pirates followed the story of a movie, which was nice because it gave you... An, it, there's an actual plot to follow as when you interweave Kingdom Hearts themes into that. And that's what makes it so strong. When you're literally going from the ground up with a story, they get... They're so... Like, Monsters was... What was the fucking story? It was just going around doing things, and it was the same with Toy Story. It was going from room to room doing things, and it what there wasn't like a clear story. I like when you get to play the Disney story and they weave Kingdom Hearts themes throughout it. That's what makes it a lot more interesting to me. So, I hope they do more of that in the future. Um, well, it's hard to do. It's hard stories. to do Aladdin then and Lion King without doing that. You can do Simba's Pride, do the sequel, have Kovu and oh. Kiara. Fuck, that'd be guess, so man. sick you can find, yeah be, okay you're right you're right okay what about aladdin one of did the they, aladdin sequels of the show did they do the second aladdin aladdin movie in in cage 2 what was the cage 2 story i don't remember what aladdin 2 was so i don't know if they did it in the game or whether it was its own story. what do you do in agrabah and kingdom hearts 2 i always forget um you go to the palace and jasmine's there or whatever and then you go and uh, see Aladdin. I don't remember. You you chase uh, Jafar. He's like a like a invisible weird Jafar. Oh uh, yeah, I guess so. Aladdin's not that good in Cage Two, to be honest. Yeah, no. Kingdom Hearts One though, oh, the best. Yeah, it's great. Wouldn't mind seeing Peter Pan again. I love it. 
I love CP Ban. Do hook this time. <gasps> Just do the story oh, hook. Oh yeah! How cool do would that. that be actually? <laughs> How cool would that be? Robin Williams shows up. Oh wait. Yeah. Oh, how good would that have been though? You could, if you had like a genie as a companion, and then you went to, like, you could ch take companions from worlds. Your genie as a companion, and then you go to the Hook world. How funny is it now that you actually mentioned that? Is that like, Robin Williams played genie and Peter Pan. Yeah, it's pretty mad. I didn't really fucking make, like, no, yeah, that's that. fucking funny. I don't think about that. That's funny. I mean, if they do, I think Peter Pan will be a great one to two do again. major Disney characters. Yeah. Because with this new, with this new engine. The way they did it in KH1 was you had Neverland and then you had Big Ben. Whereas what they could do now is you could have London and you could have Neverland. And they could make them both feel distinctly different, but it'd be the same world. And you can travel between the two by, like, I don't know, flying to a certain point. And that'd be, that'd be fucking cool. Imagine you saw her in, like, you know, London. And then, like, you can go to Neverland and you've got the Neverland. whole open world of Neverland. And there's that contrast between the two. Um, it'd be cool. Because they could probably realise that idea that they had in KH1 that would not just be a... A clock tower and a boat. It would be actually London and Neverland. Um, so that'd be cool to see. I think Peter, yeah, Peter Pan, Aladdin, Lion King. Those are the three that I want to see back. Oh, Beast Castle though. I fucking love Beast Castle. I just want to see, cool see returning characters. I want to see Sora interact. Yeah. That's that was so fun about Hercules and pirates. I don't want to see Sora Hercules again because we got him in three. We got him in three. So yeah, I'm, like, I'm done with that. Again. I don't need it again. Oh, yeah. it was weird in three though because Phil doesn't speak because his voice actor. Don't I'd rather him just have not been there. It was, yeah, it was weird. Because he just, like, stares at you and doesn't say a word. And it's like, hmm, he should have just not been there. Because it's weird that he doesn't, like, they never complete the, the hero arc that they were on. Like, Phil's never like, ah, oh, you're, you're heroes. Like, which is, it, it's really, it's strange, actually. It's pretty creepy. The way he's just sort of present but doesn't say a word, so. Yeah, I don't like that. Especially when he's the loudest mouth character ever. Yeah, it's weird. Um... But I would, yeah, there's some, yeah, those original Disney worlds I'd like to see moving forward in Kingdom Hearts. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if there's anything else there, to be honest. So you you, you watched um, Keyback Cover? We did watch Keyback Cover, yeah. What did George think of Keyback Cover as itself? Because I didn't expect it to blow him away, but I just meant more to the end of 3. If he liked it. it. He liked it. Um, I like it more the more times I watch it. Because the first time I watched it through, I thought it was meant to be like a proper lead up to the Keyblade War sort of thing. But it's not really that. It's like the politics behind what went wrong with the Foretellers and the Master of Masters plan. And that sort of yeah. sets up sort of the next Kingdom Hearts sort of thing. Like it sets up the ending of yeah. page three. Um, yeah. So the more times I watch it, the more I like it. Like the, it's really well done, like this political struggle between like these leaders in this like the ancient time before even BBS and before KH1, like this completely different time in the age of fairy tales and everything. Um, yeah. I really love that era. Just like and the, the the whole politics to it and everything and all, like everything that's going wrong and seeing the master of masters plan like unfold like the way he's like been scheming and setting everything up it's really it's really cool um yeah the master of masters is such an interesting villain he really is i love it because you assume he's a villain right like i think that's <clears throat> safe to say now at this point yeah with everything that's happened yeah. as a consequence that he mm. was a villain yeah um because Xehanort's great era, great villain, all the stories that happened without the organization, but now moving on to the Masters of Masters. Like, but it's not just like we're going forward and all of a sudden there's this other new villain that's really challenging and worse than Xehanort. It's like, no, no, no. In the background, in the ancient history of this world, there's a real true villain hmm. that's always like, been there. He's almost like the Palpatine of Kingdom Hearts. Like, Yeah, Xehanort was like the Vader and this is the Palpatine. He's like, you know, 
organizing everything behind the scenes. And now he's, you know, stepping out of the shadows. You get to see what his plan was the whole time. And I like that he's almost the villain by necessity. He's not the villain because, like, he wants power or evil. It's almost like the way, like, the way he comes off is just sort of, like, matter-of-fact, like, you know, this is what has to be done. And he's sort of, like, everything's so well-planned out. Because he doesn't seem like he's an evil person. Like, he's a bad guy. So it'll be interesting to see what he's actually like when he comes face-to-face with Sora or learning more about his plans and stuff. Um, I love to see, like, it's just his wit to Sora and Sora just being so confused. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't know what you're saying. Yeah. Sora's so dumb. (laughs) Sora Sora gets dumber every time a game comes out. Like, in KH3s, he's fucking dumb. He's just so naive. He's just so naive. It's so weird, though, because he had so many moments in KH1 where he could be, like, serious and he knew what was going on. And then by the time he gets KH3, it's just like... He's actually a retard, but like I love it. <laughs> it's like a special needs kid. Like he's like in like from KH one to KH two, like he just gets more silly, and then by KH three, he's just like he doesn't know what's going on. And Goofy is the smartest one there. He's always telling them what's going on. He's spouting exposition. He's explaining everything. He's fucking incredible. Goofy is the best. I love Goofy, but um, yeah, it'll be it'll be uh interesting. I mean, who do you think? Is the master of masters? Do you think he's a new character? Because there's been a lot of speculation that he's Demix, and um, I can kind of see it. Why? Why Demix? Because he he has the same hand gestures as Demix, like exactly the same, <laughs> and it's really weird. Uh, it's actually really fucking weird when you look at the comparisons. It's like mm, I don't know. I can kind of see it. Um, That'd be a bit weird. It'd be weird because when you when you see the it's such a uh, shit organization. Member. Yeah, when it's revealed that Zigbar's Lucia, you're like, oh, that's fucking cool. But when it, if it's revealed that Demix is the master of masters, it's like, oh, uh, okay, mm. mm-hmm. like he's shit. I'd though. rather him be a new character because there's no one that would make sense enough that I would like. Whereas I see what you're saying with Demix, I'm like, yeah, you're right. Okay, the hand gestures, but I wouldn't like it to be Demix. No, I really wouldn't either. But I think so. I, I see what you're saying, be. Evie, but I don't think it's it should be. <laughs> the thing is, as well, why has he got a hood up? Like none of the other foretellers do, and but Lushu did, and that's because he was Zigbar. So why does the Master of Masters have a hood up? Unless it's going to be a reveal later on that he is somebody. Mm-hmm. It's just this thing that, that Namora does all the time. He always gives people a hood, and then when the hood comes, he did it with uh, Shion in KH3. They always have a hood. But you know she on the whole fucking time. Yeah, but they still always have a hood until you need to know. Um, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the Master of Masters is Demix, to be honest. I would not be but surprised. But I, I feel like if they do it, they'll handle it in a way where it's like Demix was playing them all the whole fucking time. And he's really like... Because also the Master of Masters never displayed like he's this like pure evil, like powerful, like master guy. He's just sort of like fucking with everybody and talking shit. Um, so... If it came out, you know, that it was Demix, it might make sense. Plus, he had more of a role in KH3 as well, like where he delivers the um, the vessel to uh, Ienzo as well in Radiant Garden. Uh, and he's talking to Vexen and, like, I don't know. I think it could work. Um, but who knows? It could be anybody. And uh, I don't know. But I think he's a very interesting character. Mm, I guess. I guess. All right. I'm not sold on that, but I'd rather just be someone new, personally. I would, yeah, That's I would I also rather be someone new. But uh, knowing Namora, I don't know if I can trust that. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Kingdom Hearts 3, exciting. Kingdom Hearts 4, even more so. Um, Let's move on. Let's move on. Speaking of great characters, I told you to come prepared with some homework. Yeah. To to Cool Comic Club. Now, this week on Twitter, there was a thing going around where someone posted four pictures of four of their favorite fictional characters. You tweeted out your four. I tweeted out my four. And I said to you, come with a list in order from one to ten, or ten to one, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, of your top 10 favorite fictional characters. So I'm going to yeah. give you some criteria off it. I hope it doesn't affect your list. Oh, no. Can't be a character based on a real-life person. Okay. We're fine. So it can't be like Black Sails playing Jack Rackham, for okay. example. No, that's not. Like, because Jack Rackham was a real pirate, a fictional character yep. that was then portrayed. So Who's your favorite fictional character? From fiction, yeah. G- yeah, from fiction. Yes, exactly. Yeah, mine are all fictional. Yeah. Which, you know, was the criteria, um, so I'm, you know, I'm glad I did that. Made them all fictional. Um. Fantastic. All right. I'm struggling with my number nine and ten, to be honest. Like, I've got, yeah, my list. I, I'm, I'm I struggle strugg- with this because I wrote a big list, and I think I had about 17. Um, so yeah, I wrote 17 out, and then I was like, I don't know how to get this into a top 10 list because they're all quite close together. But I was like, I want to make my top 10 list very varied and diverse. I don't want it to just be like, you know, a lot of very similar characters. I was like, well, well do you know what I want from your top like 10 list? For it to be your top 10. You know what I mean? Yeah, Not for but they're all, they're all Thanks, give it... dude. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, the thing is, they're all so close together that it's like. It, it doesn't matter what order they're in, really. Like, other than, like, the top yeah. few, it doesn't really matter what order like, they're in. Like, I, I um, almost wanted to put Aqua in my top ten, but I already had a Kingdom Hearts character. Yeah, exactly. So and it I'm just, like, I can't do that. So yeah, let's that's try my best. But it's like all of these characters are so close, and there's so many others. So I also, let me let me go through just some of the ones that I didn't put in my top ten list, because I want to mention these characters, just so yep. people don't get upset that I didn't mention them. Um, so we've got... These are the characters that I didn't put in my top ten list. I do apologize, but we've got... Uh, Batman. I'll bring up mine that I did before you do yours. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've got Batman as a character. Uh, Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. Yep, I love Jon yeah, Snow. Yeah. Uh, Aloy, Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, Joel yep. and Ellie, I put them together because I, I wasn't ranking them, so I was like, Joel and yeah. Ellie, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. uh, Zuko from Avatar Last Airbender. Yep. Um, the, the Pharaoh alter ego of Yugi and Yu-Gi-Oh. Fucking love that guy. Okay. And uh, Kratos from God of War. Those are my honourable mentions. There, right, okay. that weren't in my top yep. ten list because I just felt the other ones are more important. And and my top ten list as well isn't like because a lot of people are gonna get mad. Like, oh, you don't have Arthur Morgan as number one, so you're wrong. Like, look, I love Arthur Morgan, and he's got fantastically brilliant writing, but he doesn't he doesn't hit me in the feels as much I as these other yeah, characters I... do. So yeah, I understand. Don't worry that he's not number one. I still fucking love him. I know I know it's a sensitive topic. You know, it won't be in maybe 10 years when people have calmed the fuck down and jumped off Red Dead Redemption 2's dick. But, you know, just letting you know, I still love can, Arthur Morgan. Can, can, I give you, can I give you my, um... Um... You what? My honourable mentions? Yes, you can do. Go for Then? It. Yep. Um, Aqua. Mm-hmm. Um, Walter White from Breaking Bad. Oh, yes. Yep. Harvey Specter from Suits. And this is oh, no particular suits. order. Mm-hmm. Aloy. Mm-hmm. 
um, Nathan Drake. Oh, okay. And Kratos. Mm-hmm. God of War. So close together, but just not there. Yeah. And yeah, I'll also say Arthur Morgan's not my number one either. Yeah. So not even, not even close. Um, yeah. But yeah. Cool. Yeah. Love him. Love him. He honestly almost didn't make the 10, if I'm being totally honest. He was almost an honorable mention. Okay. He's higher up on mine, but... Uh... <clears throat> is it the thing is, like, I think give it give it a few years. And, re- and sorry, and sorry. Riku is also an honorable mention. Riku. Oh, yeah, Riku. Riku and Aqua are both honorable mentions. Yeah, I might have to put Riku in there in my honorable mentions as well. Not that it matters. Yeah. Just means you didn't make the fucking cut, but that's all right. Here's some great, here's some great characters. Great, <laughs> great characters. Um... Mm-hmm. And Batman as well is definitely honorable mention for me for sure. Yeah, Batman. My Good second Batman. favorite superhero of all time. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Give me a ten from ten to Here's one. My ten. And we'll and we'll go slow. We'll go Four. slow. You don't have to rush through them. Let's oh. let's let's take it easy. This is going to be controversial. I think. I love um, it. I fucking love because it. Because it was so difficult to number these, and I feel so like I'm looking at this. I'm like number ten. Wait, how did how did that get number ten? But. I was thinking that with number... I was looking at my number eight, and I'm like, how is that number eight? How is it not higher? But then I'm like, to be fair to all those other characters... No, I agree with myself. I'm with it. My top characters are so important to me that they just had to be above everybody else. Okay. So number 10 is Geralt of Rivia from The Witcher 3. Or The Witcher games. Wow. 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 I'm surprised that's above, honestly, a lot to these other honorable mentions. Geralt, I love wow. Geralt so much. And I know you do. I'm not saying you don't. I'm just like, some of those, I thought yeah. he didn't mean as much to you as some of those yeah. honorable mentions. My, my reasoning being that what I tried to do is when I had all these characters written out, I thought about if the like a trailer dropped with and they revealed that there was another product or whatever it was that the character's from with this character showing up, how madly would I react? Like, would I lose, how much would I lose my shit at each of these? And so I realized that if a game with Geralt was announced, I would react a lot more than any of these other characters in my honorable mentions. So I had to put him at number okay. 10. Okay. Um, and because you, you spend so much time with him across three games, of all of which I love, um, and I just think he's yep. such a complex character, and the way that they nail the RPG mechanics of such a complex character is so fantastically commendable, the way that... Every choice you make reflects Geralt in a different way, but it's always true to his character. Is so fucking good, and so yeah. he had to be on my list. But he's not not top of the list. He's bottom of the list. But there you go. All yeah. right. Just top ten fictional characters of all time. That's every, think of every movie or show and game. Yeah, exactly. Every book. Everything. And that's the thing. That's... Most of these are video game characters because I was thinking about all these because there's so many fictional characters from like TV shows and movies that I love. But I'm like, I don't think they're top ten. I think 50% of mine are video games and, and the other half are TV movies. I think the reason I realized is because you spend so much more time with video game characters that they, they can make 100%. more of a connection 100%. for me. So it made 100%. it that they were easier to go for. Because I'm like, oh, I could put in like... Okay, I don't have an example there, but I could put in someone, but they didn't. They didn't fix. I'm like oh, Walter White from Breaking Bad. Character. It's like he's so good, but then like. But then again, Breaking Bad you had six seasons, so it's tough. TV shows, yeah. it's easier. It's easier. It's, it's easier. Yeah. Movie. movies is tough like i would love to put um when i think of some just great individual movies uh but then you're like what well, was just that one character in that one movie and sure that movie's amazing that character's amazing but how how do you compare to 
Riku in my honorable mentions, Kratos, yeah. you know, all these other characters yeah. they like had so much time with. Like across multiple games or multiple movies. Like when you have these franchises, like say the MCU, you've got so much investment in this character over multiple movies, seeing them develop and getting attached to them. Whereas you could have a brilliant character in just a solo movie, but they don't quite make it because you've got all these other characters across franchises that you're super invested in. Um, yeah. Which is why it's tough. It's tough to make one of these lists. Um, but yeah, all right. So that's my number 10. Uh, yep. Number nine is Nathan Drake from the Uncharted franchise. Yeah, I really wanted to put him in, man. I really wanted yeah. to put him in. Because I thought about how much I love him and his fucking theme <sighs> music that's like the Uncharted theme music, basically. But like that Nathan Drake theme is just... It does me in every fucking time I hear it. Mm. And I'm just like, I fucking love him I've, so much. He's just such a yeah, great I guy. Uh, it's, I wish I could put him in. I really do, but I can't. And I had to. He's I so just had to, I had to find a spot yeah. for him. Um, yeah, okay. Number eight is uh if you count them as the same character is darth vader anakin skywalker uh, yep okay number eight. fair um, <clears throat> yeah they're definitely the same character arc. of course they're yeah, literally so. the same character yeah yes yeah. so i count them both as the same character not just like, yeah. darth vader or not just anakin it's like just his entire arc yeah. from phantom menace to uh return of the jedi all the clone Wars stuff in there as well just that character i fucking yeah of course such a good fucking character um yeah. number seven is captain america uh wow the mcu captain america yeah um, steve rogers yeah yeah because again thinking about you know that reaction in endgame my investment in him if i saw him again in a trailer or if i saw him again pop in a movie how fucking hyped i would be it's like he's got to be on that list somewhere and i think i would be wow you know, more hyped than the others so it's like yeah i think captain america has That's that crazy. number seven spot okay. yeah okay yeah makes sense makes number sense. six is arthur morgan from red redemption 2 um yep <clears throat> love him like we talked about before great character great bloke uh, yeah, I mean, what the emotions you get at yeah. the end of oh, spoil, this is spoilers for a lot of things. If yeah. we're talking about characters like Red Dead Redemption yeah. Two, spoilers, yeah, for and, sure. And that's the thing. I think he'd be higher if there was more time. But since it's so recent, like I have the connection that I made in that game, but it hasn't had the time to sink in that he's so special to me. Like you know, moving forward, like a lot of other characters have. Like if you have a if you play a character or you watch a movie with a character when you're like ten years old and you grow up with it, it's like that's going to stick with you as a character that means a lot to you. So give it a few years, and Arthur Morgan might mean a little bit more. But I think he's always going to stay at that spot. Um, yeah, I, I get that. Uh, number five is Sora from Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, yeah, um, right. Fucking love Sora so much. Oh my um, god, what a perfect, perfect, perfect little yeah. character he and is. And I think he creeped up the list after finishing KH three again last night. Um, yeah, like Sora's got to be high. I fucking love him so much. What just a pure guy. Yeah, I love Sora so He's much. So great, great character. Um, yeah. Number four is Spider Man. Just in general like i don't have like, yeah. a particular spider-man just the, the many spider-man yeah. Um, yeah yeah he's so important to me as like you know growing up he was my favorite superhero still yeah. is my favorite superhero and you know yeah super special to me um number three is the master chief from halo i fucking wow, love him yeah. so much like i yeah. think you have so much like gravitas to him like that's the thing my, my top three are characters that when i see them on screen i'm like i just fucking love this guy like you can say anything and i'm there i love him Oh yeah, the Master Chief character. is is yeah. Oh my god, so like much. the history of him, what he's badass. done. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah, great stuff. Um, no, my number two is John Marston, um, from Red Dead. Yeah, I love him again. That's yep. another one that like he's been one of my favorite characters for such a long time that, like you know, again like seeing him in Red Dead Redemption Two is like God. It's that fucking character that I love so much, and like seeing where he came yeah. from, his origin, seeing him develop. Um, yeah, I fucking love John. 
Um, and then my number one is my favorite fictional character of all fucking time, Ezio Auditore, um, who I absolutely adore across, you know, all three of his games, Embers, all that stuff. I just fucking love him so much. And I made a whole video yeah. about how he's my favorite fictional character of all time and why that is analyzing the writing, the video games, everything. Um, so there you go. That's my list. Top 10 fictional characters of all time. Well, yeah, we share, we do share quite a few characters. I mean, mm-hmm. we like a lot of the same shit. That's why we do all these shows together. Like we do share quite a number of characters. Maybe half our list is shared, not in the same order, but the same characters are there. Mm-hmm. Maybe even more okay. than half, maybe like six. Okay. Um, What's your list? Let's have it. Yeah. I think my criteria for this was one, like how much I've admired these characters over a long period of time. I found it hard to put, there's only one character that's from anything recent. Mm-hmm. In terms of being, not for, not one new from from anything recent, or but was written and brand new from anything recent, mm-hmm. which but they were just so good, you kind of have to put them on the list. Whereas yeah. all the rest had a long period of time for many years, from whether it's childhood or just over many years up until now. Um, yeah, and I'll I'll explain phases of certain things, especially when we get higher on the list. Mm-hmm. But number ten, I couldn't not put this guy on the list. Mm-hmm. Like I had to put him on the list. Jon Snow. Okay, yeah. Like, I just... I had to find a place for Jon Snow. Mm-hmm. I, I love that character so much. Um, Game of Thrones, top two, like, tired as my all-time favorite television show of all time, and that character is always my favorite from the start of the show to the end. Um, his character arc, he's the only character that stayed true to himself even with the shit writing at the end. I'm like, I liked where he ended up. I liked what he did. He did everything... I wanted him to, his character didn't change all of a sudden like Daenerys's did. Like his, he really was a great character from start to finish. And though he's put in dumb situations, sometimes with the writing that last season, mm-hmm. he reacts the way Jon Snow would react and he did what Jon Snow would do. And his arc from start to finish was, was bittersweet. It wasn't maybe what I would have wanted, but it was bittersweet. And I, and I love, I love Jon Snow. I had to put him on there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Makes sense. Number nine is Arthur Morgan. Mm-hmm. And he's that character that's new and recent. Um, but again, I, I, I wasn't even going to put him on the list. But mm-hmm. I thought back to my reaction to him dying in Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm-hmm. He, um, what he went through, what he did for John Marston. Um, his arc from start to finish. How much fun he was to play. Especially a game I really just wanted to play as John Marston for, for the whole game. And I'm like, why do I have to play this new fucking character? Fuck this guy. And then you start playing. You're like, man, this. I'm so attached to Arthur Morgan. I like can't believe I love someone so much that isn't John Marston in a Red Dead game when John Marston's right there. Um, so Arthur Morgan had to be there um, as well. Mm-hmm. Um. Number eight, mm-hmm. Sora. Okay. Um, obviously, Sora's been one of my all-time favorite characters since I was six years old, for the last 17 years, um, plus, or seven years old. Um, 17 years plus, he's been one of my all-time fa- favorite characters. I've been through, in terms of like what i've played or watched as a child till that's still going now he's the only one he's the longest tenured character in my childhood that still exists and is current as an adult um i've followed him for that length of time he's meant so much to me in so many different times in my life from being a kid to being a teenager to now as an adult 
Mm. He has to be on the list. He's an incredible character. Uh, and maybe he should be higher, but I just, I think all these other characters just stand out a, bit, a little bit more to me and meant more to me in a vacuum, but I don't think any character means more to me over long periods of time than Sora does. Yeah, um, Number seven, mm-hmm. Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker. Yep. Uh, has to be on there. Star Wars, one of my all-time favorite franchises, again, over all my childhood. I guess he's still relevant, too. Uh, he's been around as long as Sora has, but not as much so today as, as Sora is, obviously, the main character still of, like, his games, whereas Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker, just sort of, like, mentioned and around because of Star Wars still being around. But, yeah, Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker, obviously, Darth Vader specifically being the best part of it, but... Uh, Anakin Skywalker being a part of that as well, Revenge of the Sith, like all all that shit. Love Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Number six, the Master Chief. Yeah, uh, has to be on the list. Um, Halo. There was a period. Halo was my favorite franchise of all time up until Halo Five. The pile of steaming dick that game is. <laughs> um, Master Chief would have been top three if it wasn't for the fall of Halo. Um, yeah, and and the writing of Chief, but Chief from. Um, even from the extra novels, from the Fall of Reach and all this stuff, like the story of Master Chief is so tragic and, and incredible and who he is as a character and how – and his example in his stories is is so fantastic based on where he came from. So, yeah, I love mm-hmm. the Chief and, and I, lo- I just love Halo. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, number five, and I can't believe I couldn't fit this guy into my top four on that Twitter thing. It made me so upset. Mm-hmm. Aragon, son oh, of Arathon. yeah. King of Gondor, um, my favorite films of all time, number one is The Lord of the Rings. My favorite yeah, character yeah. in The Lord of the Rings is Aragorn. I tell you what, um, he should have gone on one honorable mentions, I think. Yeah, and he, you know, he's been my... I used to run around the schoolyard as a kid pretending to be Aragorn when we played Lord of the Rings. I would always call Dibs on Aragorn. He's my guy, always has been my guy. He was my favorite ca- fictional character up until... I watched the four things that surpassed him mm-hmm. or played the four things that surpassed him. But he yeah. like, so until what, 2009? Mm-hmm. So for a good five, six years, he's my favorite fictional character of all time. Um, Aragorn has to be yeah. there. Yep. Aragorn has to be there. Um, number four, mm-hmm. Steve Rogers. AKA Captain ah, America, my favorite superhero of all time, specifically again, the MCU, Steve Rogers we got to watch him over the last 10 years through the Captain America trilogy and the four Avengers movies. He's the standout to me, the best story arc, the best individual films, the best action, the best character, the best actor to play him. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I still love like Steve Rogers right now. I, I, I'm high on Steve Rogers still like as an ongoing character, my favorite ongoing sort of character that's still current at the moment, though, obviously story's kind of wrapped up now, but um, these other three characters I'm talking about are kind of like past characters mm-hmm. that still, you know, they're my favorites. Yeah. Number three, Jax Teller, the main character of my favorite television show of all time, mm-hmm. Sons of Anarchy. Um, Jax Teller is like think about I know you haven't seen Sons dude but like mm-hmm. Sons of Anarchy seven seasons and it's yep. the story of this you know it's like it's 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 a motorcycle gang it's this crime motorcycle gang that's like this family this this team this cult almost like these group of misfits 
of that came from nothing, that joined together as brothers um, and would do anything for each other. This family, you think Red Dead Redemption 2, what that like gang's like, right? Like a family. That's what the motorcycle gang of Sons of Anarchy is. That's mm. what watching that show is. They, they all become a family in that show. And well, from, from the show, you, 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 they're already a family. This club's existed for for decades, but Jax is the prince. Like his dad's the one that started the club, and um, and he's the vice president. You see a story arc of being this good man that wants to do good, wants to change things, and get out of crime, and have a future for his kids, to becoming the president of the club, to mm-hmm. you know the power of the gavel being in charge and how it corrupts him. And him kind of going down dark paths and him realizing he's followed mm. in the footsteps of everything he didn't want. But is he able to save the club and make the changes? That's kind of what the show's about. I don't want to spoil the end. I want people to go watch that show. It's it's such an incredible story yeah. arc from start to finish. Yeah, and the end, it's one of those shows that ends amazing. Uh, and Jack's Teller to me is like, and the actor Charlie Hunt, I'm like, I just admire that character so much. And I mm. find it so much relatability to him personally um, and yeah. his struggles and who he is and 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 what he wants for himself and his family and for the future um yeah and the, we, that's why like i love the way dutch's gang runs and amir's mentioning in the chat like it I just reminds me of the motorcycle club of sons of anarchy like it just reminds it runs the same way um so i just love i love yeah sons is an incredible mm-hmm. show jack's tellers is just such an amazingly written character i hated him in periods of the show like there's periods of the show where you're like i hated him but like they bring him back in a way that like you're you get to like you follow him and he's the best character, you love him more than any character I've ever loved, and then you just get to this point where he's like you can't love him anymore, you have to hate him and what he's doing, and then they do something that totally twists the whole plot in its head, puts and then all of a sudden you're all in more than you ever have been with him, going into the like end of the show. It's just such a crazy loop and tornado of emotions you go through with this character. He's incredible. He's incredible. Um, and I, I would, I'm spending a bit too much time talking about Jax, but it's because not many people know him that I want to talk about mm-hmm. that. I have to watch um, that show. Yeah. People keep telling me it's fucking good. Like on Discord, you've been saying... I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you like it. Like, I'm not going to oh, sit here and I say... Would. Everyone's yeah, been saying it's good. If Amir likes it, I probably like it. Like, why would I yeah. not like it? Yeah. Yeah. He's He's gone off. He loves, loves Amir's it. Amir's a simple yeah. man. So if he likes it, you know. Yeah. I mean, I've got to like it. Yeah, I mean, lots of people watch Sons. I just don't feel like people talk about it enough. I watch it. Like, and I know so, so many people I know watch have seen Sons. Yeah, and they've got the spin-off show Mayans MC, which is another motorcycle, like the enemy motorcycle club, and they've well, enemy ally. Like it, you know, sort of changes, but they've got a mm-hmm. spin-off um, that's set like after the show with new characters, and it's amazing. There's, the second season's on now. I haven't watched any of the second season yet, but season one was so good. Like, mm-hmm. it was a perfect. It was. It's its own show without it's like got the perfect elements that it feels like you're watching sons but at the same time it feels like you're watching its own identity of a show it's okay. got the perfect balance between its own identity but also being the same universe as sons that you believe it's from yeah. the same world and and it's set in the same place um but yeah mm-hmm. jack's teller right number two okay number two john marston oh it's the same as me yeah it is the same as you john marston number two uh Red Dead Redemption 1, one of my all-time favorite games, top five all-time favorite games, and John mm-hmm. Marston just stood out to me. As a, like The tears I had the first time I ever cried a video game was John Marston and his death. 
and everything he went through as a character. And I played Red Dead Redemption 1 so many times from start to finish. And it's just the most incredible arc of this character, what he's gone through, his struggles. And I just want to, you know, I wanted to play as him again. I wanted a prequel for the next Red Dead. I never expected to get it. And we got it. And the fact that we're playing as Arthur Morgan pissed me off for a long time before mm-hmm. it came out, right? And I said, you have to you yeah. have to be playing as John at the end. It has to end with Arthur dying. You're playing as John. I had all these expectations for me to like Red Dead Redemption 2. It, things had to happen. Happened exactly how I wanted, but in the better way than I ever could have imagined, where it made me love Arthur so much, and I love this character so much. But then he, he made John even better than I already loved him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where like, and it made Red Dead Redemption 1 mean more. Mm. And then I get to have a full storyline with like 20 hours playing as fucking John at the end. Yeah. That pays off to Arthur as well. And leads into the first game. It's and leads into the first game. I got the prequel incredible. of John Marston and the full circle of John Marston. Now I, I can leave John Marston now. Like his storyline's done. Mm-hmm. We've completed it. The, it's gone full circle. I've seen everything I need to see from John. I feel like it's it's completed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah. Um, I'd love to see what happens next in Red Dead after Red Dead Redemption 1 because, like Amir said, John Marston in Red Dead Redemption 2 and the epilogue makes Red Dead Redemption 1's ending even more depressing. Because, like, oh, wow, they just made John and Red Dead Redemption 1 so much better. But then you're like, but then the ending's just so fucking depressing. Then I love how depressing like, it is. I love it so much. Yeah, it's, it's pure and is truly Red Dead Redemption. I just love to so see what happens after tragic. that with Jack. It's so tragic. I just hope that Jack blows his fucking brains out and that's it. That's how it fucking ends. Just out of yeah. fucking depression. That'd be great. Yeah. He goes yeah. home and kills yeah, his family so. and kills himself. Yeah. Well, fair. Okay. Well, Jesus Christ. Um, oh, yeah. Well, number one. Mm-hmm. There's only one. Drum roll. There's only one guy. You know? There's only one guy it could have possibly been. Mm-hmm. Ezio Auditore. The man Ezio. himself. The man himself. Uh, Number one fictional character. It goes without saying, like, the Ezio Trilogy is my favorite set of games of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I say, like, Kingdom Hearts is my favorite franchise, and it is, because Assassin's Creed kind of sucks balls half the time. Yeah, it does suck um, balls. Whereas, like, if you just condensed Assassin's Creed to three of those games, they're my favorite games of all time. Mm-hmm. You see, I've, there's no character in the history of anything that I've ever seen from birth to death Three games, a movie, his whole life. Yeah. You see it, you play it, the good times, the bad, the family lost, the love lost, the love gained, the family gained, the friendships, the side characters, the enemies, the wars, the battles, the struggles, the victories, the accomplishments, everything mm-hmm. you see from this character. His development as a person, as a kid, to a man, from a man, to a father, a mentor, a leader, a warrior, an assassin. Uh, his story arc, story arc is perfection. I have zero complaints about it. It's literally perfect. It is perfect, exactly. It's perfect writing. And all his games are amazing. They're my three favorite Assassin's Creed games, by far. And it finishes off so well, pays off so well. Mm-hmm. And it goes full circle, and then getting embers on top of it, where you see his children, his family life, you know, him dying. It's just, it's just perfect. And and the Ezio trilogy, it changed my whole life. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting here talking to you because of this character. That's the reality of the situation we're all in right now, ladies and gentlemen. You're sitting here listening to this podcast because of Ezio. That's true. I said this 
recently, and I'll say it again. I am not an Assassin's Creed fan. I never was. I didn't start loving Assassin's Creed because of fucking gay assassins. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care about a bunch of gay boys in white hoods running around. I don't care about it. I never did. It was never why I played that franchise. Mm-hmm. I loved Assassin's Creed and fell in love with Assassin's Creed because of Ezio. I played the first game and I liked it. It was fine. But it was a nothing fucking game to me. Kingdom Hearts 2... Of Kingdom Hearts 2. Fucking Assassin's Creed 2... <laughs> Assassin's Creed 2, I mm-hmm. fell in love with, not because of assassins, because of fucking Ezio. He mm-hmm. was the reason I go to my brother, Hal, and I said, dude, I just watched the first hour of Assassin's Creed 2 on YouTube. We have to get this game. This fucking character is so fucking good. Yeah. He's so good. We have to, and, I, and he goes, all right, well, and we split the money because we were poor. We were, you know, teenagers. We got the game. We both played the shit out of it, and we're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. to have, you know, develop brotherhood. I start watching YouTubers and Assassin's Creed on Assassin's Creed. I start paying attention to this multiplayer community. I start wanting to make videos myself. I wait a bit. Revelations comes out. Completes the story. Amazing. And because of my love for this franchise that is solely for this character, I make a YouTube channel. We're here today. Mm. Yeah. It's fucking. It's crazy. not because of it's gay boys thing. in white hoods. Yeah, you're right. It's because <laughs> of Ezio Auditore da Firenze, the fact that I went to the UK. This community exists. We talk about this community exists because you and I did a podcast one time. The community exists because of Ezio Auditore, not Assassin's Creed, of Ezio. Mm. It's because of Ezio. Because yeah, James, maybe you would be here without Ezio, maybe. but I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No chance. There's no chance I would be an Assassin's Creed fan without Ezio. It wouldn't happen. I, w- I would probably make fun of the <coughs> franchise if yeah. I didn't. If it didn't have Ezio. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I don't think. I mean, is my like I loved AC One, right? But if we had a, if the second <laughs> game was like AC One, I, I think it's Ezio as well. Like I don't think that I would have been as into it as I was if Assassin's Creed Two hadn't been so captivating with the way it wrote character, and not just Ezio but all the characters and. You know, everything else complements that, but Ezio is really the central focus of that. That's why he was always my favourite character, because he's so fucking well done. So, who knows where we would be without Ezio, but um, he definitely sparked my passion for it. I was never, you know, an Assassin's Creed fanboy until Ezio. I loved AC1, and it was one of those games where I was like, yeah, it's one of my favourite games. Like, I love AC1, whatever. But when Ezio came around, I was like, yeah, this is my favourite shit. Like, I fucking love it so much. And then you get Brotherhood, and you get Revelations, you get Embers, all of the novels that he's been in as well, just... His presence is so like I've been, like I've been doing the series where I'm replaying the SEO trilogy, doing 100, percent and God, I've, Brotherhood is so fucking good. Ezio it's is the best. such it's a the, fucking it is good character. So Brotherhood oh, is so fucking god. ridiculously good. People take it's it so for granted how good, good it is. Oh my god. People people you, like to you say did, like you've done you've had periods where you've taken it for granted. Yeah, well There's I used period. to. I used to until I really looked into it. Like I Assassin people always say like, oh either Assassin's Creed 2 is my favourite or you know people are like, oh, I love revelations but but a lot of people sit Suck brotherhood at the bottom brotherhood is the best fucking game brotherhood everyone is can so suck good. my big australian balls <laughs> the thing like the the way they do storytelling in brotherhood is fucking incredible Ezio's arc in brotherhood is so subtly done the way it reflects off of all of the characters and his lead up because it it, it like it's perfectly a connection to AC2 like Ezio Ezio's AC2 arc is this growth as a as a person growing into being a man but he still has a lot of the flaws that he had when he was a teenager like he's so he's he's a very stubborn person Ezio always has been um and he, yeah. he grows into that like w- once you're in the revelations point like he is 
He's, it's, it's like his arrogance becomes this confidence where he's just, because he's so fucking good. Whereas in Brotherhood, it's, it's still one of his flaws, but he uses that and balances it with other characters and what they teach him to become this leader. And by the time he's at the end and when, um, Machiavelli, like, like, makes him the mentor, that scene is so, it feels so fucking earned. Where Ezio's been through all this stuff and he's learned everything through AC2 and then becoming a better person through Brotherhood and learning to work with people, trust people, um, and all of that stuff. And then he becomes this leader and he's a mentor of the Brotherhood. Like, he just feels like this... He's got so much weight to him by that point, especially after everything you've seen, where he's just at the fucking height. He's at his fucking peak in Brotherhood. And he's... Oh, it's so fucking good. Ezio is such a good character. And that's why he has so much weight for the brand as a whole as well. And they're still fucking riding off of Ezio, you know, nearly a decade. No, literally like a fucking decade later since they created oh, it. It's... He, he's, he's perfection. He's perfection. And, he, and he's perfect the way he is... And I just, like, I think about my life without him. And I, it's not like, <laughs> it's my, I'm serious. Yeah. But like, I wouldn't be a YouTuber. I would mm. never have met you. Yeah. There'd be no community. I would it's never crazy. have, you know, traveled to the UK. I never would have talked to all these amazing people I've met, whether it's from the community, all these other YouTubers, people I've admired, mm. like Colin. I never would have been into games this way. Mm. I never would have, you know, been handed free games from fucking game companies or or flown to play a game. Like, these weird, cool, fucking inner vacuum experiences. I wouldn't have been doing podcasts. I wouldn't... My whole life would be completely different if it wasn't for that character. That character changed my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I can say that about a lot of characters, and it's ridiculous, and I, and it is ridiculous to say because it's just a fictional character. But it's more than that, and what it ended up becoming because I built a fucking career out of the love for a character, mm-hmm. and not a franchise of the character. Because I'm so over Assassin's Creed, that shit can fuck off. It was never why I played the games. It was always, always because of Ezio, and the Assassin's Creed games that I do like are because of the characters, Edward Kenway. Bayek Asiwa, that's why I love, Mm -hmm. that's why I love those games, individually. As a franchise, I don't care, I never liked Desmond that much anyway. I didn't really ever care, I just wanted to get in the Animus and play as Ezio. Mm -hmm. That's fair. That's the reality, that's the reality. He's the only reason I stick around still talking about games and playing games. Yeah. It just shows what well-written characters can do. For people like you know you can make the entertainment like fucking i don't know assassin's creed odyssey like fucking shit stuff like you know that's just getting by but like when you really put passion to something create a character like Ezio, it ends up it does end up changing people's lives purely because of what they might do on the, off the back of that because it inspires them because you can see the passion that's putting into something and i think that's really brilliant and that's something that video games does that film does the tv shows do novels everything fiction as a whole does that a lot and Ezio is the one that did that for us and i think that's great Ezio's fucking spectacular yeah he is he is and that's why he's my favorite fictional character and yours mm-hmm and I really want to play the Ezio trilogy again, but I want to stream yeah. it. So oh, I can't wait to. I've just had this. I've just. I've seen. I've seen you playing Brotherhood, and I've just had this craving. Like I fucking want to play Brotherhood again too. I want God, to fucking play Brotherhood. So good. Just what a fucking perfect game that is. What a so fucking much great. fun. Like I just love building up my Brotherhood, and like I'm playing as Ezio. So like it's just like you're the head of this Brotherhood, and you've got all these assassins there, and like you're fucking. Oh, it's so much fun. 
And it's, it's just so just, familiar. It's just like you just know him, and just oh, like the so and good. and and Brotherhood is just like God is here. Yeah, and it's best, like best best robes, fucking prime of his physical career, like sick beard. Oh, what a sick beard. He's fucking awesome. And, like, the thing with Ezio is, like like you said, he's so familiar, but all of those moments where he's being fucking awesome still hit you as well. Like, it's not like, oh, I'm so used to it. It's like when he does something cool, you're like, yeah, that's fucking sick. You fucking tell him, Ezio. It's so... Oh, he's so good. He's so fucking yeah. good. Yeah. And in individual... For individual reasons in each game. And even Embers, like... Because he's different in each one. Like, mm-hmm. I, I love Assassin's Creed 2 Ezio for that youth. For that like fast pace that he that he kind of lived life, mm-hmm. and how much he did, and then in Brotherhood for that wi- perfect balance of the wisdom and still the ability to be that youthfulness, like have that bit of that youthful mind, mm-hmm. and and that wisdom he's gained from it to do so much and affect other people's lives rather than mm-hmm. just being the one that's learning, but also teaching to revelations where he's just like he's an old man but he's wise and he's able to still do so much and teach so much and mm. and and really complete that arc like revelations that's just so fucking he's just so good. confident like, patience the so patience far. and confidence like, and it's like he through the whole game and he's not he's, in a rush anymore yeah, there's no rush like the in thing Assassin's is Creed 2. the thing i love about revelations is for the whole game he's the calmest you've ever seen him until that fucking moment when Yusuf dies and he like snaps and it's like, oh shit, there's Ezio. Like that's, you know, he's good. Like you can see like he's not calm anymore and he fucking loses it and he leads all the assassins into the arsenal. That's fucking awesome. Such oh, a great man. fucking moment. Well, Yusuf's murder stands in the arsenal <laughs> laughing. Like, it's like, wow. Yeah. Stand with me and show him what it means to cross the assassins. It's so fucking sick. Yeah, and then Ember's Ezio, that stubborn old man mm. that's done with that life. And, and then, it's still you know... so Ezio as well, because he's it's, yeah. stubborn has always been an Ezio characteristic, but like it really yeah. manifests when he's an old man. He's just fucking yeah. done with it. And he's trying to protect his children now, yeah. So, but but he also has that fear of like he's too old to protect his children, so it's like mm-hmm. the perfect reason to be so stubborn, yeah. protective, pro- yes, stubbornly protective. But then he still wants to do the right thing as well, and that's why he teaches Xiaoyun a few lessons which is nice yeah. it's just it's so Ezio like it's that's the thing as well he's the most consistently written character across everything he's ever been in he's always consistent every like multiple writers as well like you had Corey May Jeffrey O'Harlem Darby McDevitt all writing this character but it's all so fucking consistent it feels like the same guy they didn't do their own take on him it's like they develop him perfectly into this you yeah know, into different versions of himself and it's just it's perfect so fucking perfect yeah agreed well, that's our top ten fictional characters. Top ten, and our top two is exactly the same. Yeah, which shows that we're we right. Shared, we sh- we we shared a lot. Like Sora, you and I had mm. Arthur Morgan. We had Darth Vader, Master America. Chief. Yep, John mm. Master and Ezio. Top two, one and two, same order. Mm-hmm. And then some I just had Jax. I had I had Aragon, Jax, mm-hmm. um, and John Snow. It was my only three differences. I had Geralt. That's another difference. And, uh, yeah, I'm just meaning from my list, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I had three Nathan different Drake, from you. But you had him on honorable yeah. mention. So. Honorable mention, for sure, yeah. for sure, for sure. Good stuff. Big, big. Um, big, big what? Why do you keep big. saying that? I, I say a lot. Me and my friends say that a lot. Big. Why? What does it mean? Like, just, well, it's just like, that's, you know, big deal, big. I don't, like, how do I explain this? Um, it's like, um, that's... If you were to say something like, oh, that's epic, 
it'd just be yeah. like and it'd be like that's like big why like that's big such... emotions big 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 emotions big. Big. it does a lot for me. it does a lot for me it's big it's it's big it's big for me that's big that's like that does a lot for me yeah. i'm with that but you don't even say that's big you say bit big small we'll just, we'll just be like we'll just be like big <laughs> it's just, it is stupid when you break it down but it's like ye- uh, it's years of build up to saying big oh god um, this is gonna like uh, it's, you need it's, to stop it, otherwise everyone's gonna start saying it this is not the saying that i say, want to catch on yeah, yeah 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 but yeah but i needed a new catchphrase you know you it's been have a it while a t-shirt if you keep saying it big it just big. is big but the word big is really small so it's all quirky. And, and then no it's just it just says big and then it's a picture of shoes <laughs> dumb <laughs> Big Someone shoes, needs to draw that. man. Just yeah. big. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, let's talk about this Lord of the Rings series. Yes, as it is in the title. I mentioned it is in the title, so let's say talk about that before we wrap up the podcast. Lord of um, the, for the Rings. For the for the final topic, Lord of the Rings. Um, something you've gotten into the last couple of years. Uh-huh. You recently rewatched it and The Hobbit for the first yeah. time. And I'm sort of balls um, deep in Lord of the Rings at the minute. Yeah, love Lord of the Rings. Incredible, incredible. My favorite movies of all time. Um, my favorite book of all time is The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. Um, and to see a Lord of the Rings series on Amazon Prime, wasn't interested because I was like, they're not remaking the Lord of the Rings, are they? Like, no, because this is the thing. This thing. It's dumb that it's called the Lord of the Rings series. Is it though? Because the Lord of the Rings is about the Lord of the Rings. But isn't the Lord of the Rings just the name of the franchise because it's so recognisable? Yeah, but it shouldn't be because the Lord of the Rings is a book. It's a single book that got forced by publishers to put into three parts because it was too long. But it is one book. Like, The Hobbit is one book. Yeah. But what it is is, the world is Middle-Earth. It is a Middle-Earth-based series. Yeah. Well, I assume it's not going to be called That's what it is. No, but but... But that is what it's being called because it's called Lord of the Rings on Amazon. Right? Yeah, but that's I assume that's like the code name or whatever. Like that's the project name. But they better not call it Lord of the nah, Rings something or other. I'm just saying they better fucking not because the they Lord won't. of the Rings is a book. It's one story and it's about the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I don't think they will. I don't think they'll call it Lord of the Rings. Better fucking not. It's the same as the Middle Earth games. Like they don't they don't call them Lord of the Rings Shadow of War or Lord of the Rings yeah. you know, Shadow and, of War. And it, and it's not touching any of J.R.R. Tolkien's source material, that's what I found out. So I'm like, okay. Okay. Um like I don't think they're called Lord of the Rings. I think they're doing that purely for marketing at this stage and like that's the code name or whatever. They're like, we're doing enough. the Lord of the Rings show because it's well, the same franchise as that big movie. The reason it's in the news is because the the Twitter official Twitter for this series tweeted out the New Zealand flag. Oh, that was so hype. That and that tells attraction. you one thing. They're filming in New Zealand, where the mm-hmm. Hobbit and Lord of the Rings are filmed. Yeah. Um, the only decision. The only decision you could make. Mm-hmm. Because, what? okay, you're filming somewhere else. Then, you, sure, you're making your own take on Middle Earth. But then it's completely, you, that's it. It's its own thing, and it's sh- whatever. You film in New Zealand, you're like, oh, no, that is Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. They're like, we see Peter Jackson's Middle Earth that's been built for the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. That's where ours is based in. It's that Middle Earth right there that you've seen. You know that Middle Earth. Yeah. But we're telling a different story set in a different time. But that's Middle Earth, New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, 
incredible decision how do you feel about it really happy yeah when i saw that fucking tweet i was like oh yeah that's great i mean everything we've seen from the show so far that they've been talking about like all the the little like behind the scenes stuff where they've got a little video showing who's working on it and then obviously you know this tweet it looks everything's looking like it's going in the right direction it's almost too good to be true i'm like where's it going to go wrong though like something's got to go wrong this can't be you know perfect so what are we doing because it looks so far like they're doing everything right and if they do and it ends up being good this could be like one of the best shows ever if they get I mean, it right. the, the only way it's going to be called The Lord of the Rings is if it's about Sauron. That's sure. the only way you can call it The Lord of the Rings. Sauron has to be involved, which is possible because it's set in the Second Age, mm-hmm. is what it's set. The Second Age of Middle-earth. Okay. Now, The Silmarillion is about, like, the First Age of Middle-earth, the, the creation of Middle-earth. It's like the Bible. It's like Genesis mm-hmm. and everything that happens and lots of battles and characters and stories throughout that period. The Lord of the Rings is set in the Third Age. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hobbit set in the Third Age. That that all happens in that period of time. So the Second Age is is um, very different. You see a bit of it in the first Lord of the Rings film because the Second Age ends with the downfall of Sauron, mm-hmm. when Sauron is defeated um, by Isildur uh, and Elrond, uh, and they you know, infiltrate Mordor and, 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 you know, slice off his hand and mm-hmm. uh, get the ring and all that sort of shit. That's the end of the second age, beginning of the third age, Sauron's defeat. So yep. if it's during a time where like Sauron's rising for the first time, then I guess you're calling it Lord of the Rings. That, that makes sense. He is the, he is the Lord of the Rings. That's mm-hmm. what it's about. Um, but it'll be weird because it's also like the Lord of the Rings is Tolkien's like life's work. You can't yeah. add to that. Make your own Middle Earth story, uh, whatever. Make your own Middle Earth story if you want. It can even be about Sauron. You can have the same thing. But to call it the Lord of the Rings, that's J.R.R. Tolkien's one of the greatest literary thinkers and creators of all time in human history. Mm-hmm. And that's his last work. Yeah. It would be weird. I don't think they'll that. call it Lord of the Rings. You can't. You can't. Surely they won't. Um, yeah. But it'll be interesting, though, if you do include Sauron because... He is such a big figure in Lord of the Rings and, you know, that universe. But on screen, you don't see him really. You see him, like, once, and that's about it. Like, you have his eye and everything, and you've got, like, his his presence and whatnot. But you never, like, he's never there, like, doing stuff or fighting anybody. Like, he never shows up. He's just sort of like this overwhelming dark presence that sort of is just doing things. Um, But other than that, like, opening scene of of the Lord of the Rings, uh, the first one, you don't like that other than that scene you don't see him so it would be yeah. interesting if they do do something with him Z- zach said about. it's the most expensive tv series ever made 1.3 billion dollars to make shit. what the fuck are you talking about no way that's true Jesus that's as much Christ. as the return of the king made if that's true like they must believe in the this. return of the king grossed 1.3 billion that's insane it's a TV show. How do you expect to make that money on Amazon Prime? $1.3 billion. What a waste of fucking money. The That's Hobbit trilogy's insane. budget was half a billion. That is actually what? fucking mad. Jesus Christ. Fuck, it better be good, eh? Imagine that. God, I mean, that's the thing. Like, they're putting all that money into it. They're filming in New Zealand. The people they've got working on it are great people. Some of the people that worked on the original Lord of the on Rings. The, yeah, they did. When, I, like, saw, when uh, I saw um, Alan Lee, like, mm-hmm. on one of the, the things they were doing, I'm like, oh, my God. Oh yeah, they're doing like everything the artist right. Shit. 
this has like the makings of being exactly what they need to do um but it's just like i'm just waiting for it to go wrong somewhere because it seems it does seem too good to be true at this stage um yeah well zaki also said he's reading from the wiki um, i think because he was dropping some things like um if focusing on she's supposed to focus on the age of elves and dwarves well second age like all those things are around balrogs melkor Mm -hmm. um yeah okay um and then and potentially a younger aragon which does make sense because um aragon wasn't born until the third age so it's not set in the third it's set in the second age so that's not possible and aragon wasn't that old he was like not in his 90s in return of the king yeah so um it doesn't really make any sense that he mm. could be a part of it. Yeah. And well, I, I would never want to see a young Aragorn series because Vigo Mortensen plays him all get fucked. Yeah. He looks so fucking old now. I forgot how long it's been since Lord of the Rings came out. He doesn't like, look that old. I just time. watched him in I just watched him in the fucking green book. He I doesn't Googled even look him that much. the other day after watching Lord of the Rings, I was like, wow. But he looked like that when he wasn't playing Aragorn at the time. Like grey hair and shit. He just looks so not like the same at all. Like he looks like such a like a just a stoic man in Lord of the Rings with his beard and his hair and everything. Yeah, and but like, it's because they gave him like yeah, I understand what you're saying. I think he looks. Why would you not look like, like that in real life though? Like that looks ten times better than you actually look. So why would you not just oh, keep just, the look? It doesn't look bad. It doesn't look bad. No, I'm not saying it looks bad. I'm just saying Aragorn looks much better. Yeah. It was, was like almost like 20 years. It was, it was almost... It was 20 years ago when they started filming Lord of the Rings, man. It was 1999. It's so and weird 20 how long it's been. Like, I, I consider Lord of the Rings like and a how recent those film. But yeah, like that's how much not. it holds up. That's how yeah, much it holds it's up. It's so weird that... Two, well, like, like, and that's what we talked about so in the last ago. podcast. Lord of the Rings, like, age is going to age better than The Hobbit will. The yeah, Hobbit's yeah. already aged, mm. like, just CGI-wise, but Lord of the Rings will live forever as a film trilogy. But, yeah... Anyway, I'm very excited. Great I decision. Yeah. Correct decision to set it, it is its own story. Film in New Zealand. Um, I'm very excited, yeah. Very excited. Yeah. I mean, they've said um, it's meant to be the same continuity, right? It's like the movies and everything. So, like, it's not trying to be a separate thing or, like, whatever. It's meant to be, like, it's basically, like, a the same as the movies of The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings movies. So, it's, like, an additional thing to that lord of the rings universe because obviously that's not the books it's like you know so i mean that's interesting um and uh pretty sure ian mckellen said if they ever needed him for any reason to play gandalf he'd do it um oh which is so that's great always good that's ian mckellen's always up to play if they gandalf. need him. he loves he is gandalf that'd be great he yeah. won't appear he's no need for him to appear but like if they did though love to see him he's yeah um, but just like to say, everyone watching, if you haven't liked the stream already, please like the stream. Well, 69 likes though, so maybe don't. Maybe leave it there. Oh, we are too. Yeah, maybe leave it there. No, don't leave it there. Please. Like it. <laughs> Let's get past 100 before we wrap up, which is yeah, in a second. Let's. Um, was there that. anything else, James, you wanted to talk about? I don't think so. There's been a lot of Death Stranding talk, but of like what the fuck it is. But I feel like that's for another podcast. Yeah, I also don't know anything about it either. We can talk about it next podcast, which is episode one ten, which is four pillars. We'll talk about Death yeah, Stranding. Break it down, gamers. predictions. Yeah, mm-hmm. four gamers. It's true, we will. We are four gamers. Yeah. Yeah. Just reading the chat. It's gone to shit a little bit. I'm not sure <laughs> what's Has going it? on there. 
Yeah, well, and our next cinema room after, um, after Hook as well will be Joker. So Joker's Ooh, coming out. Someone yeah. mentioned Joker in the chat, so I'm excited for Joker. Comes out in like two less than two weeks. Oh, I'm so excited! Um, now. So am I. All right. Well, there's nothing else. Let's wrap this motherfucker up, James. We've done All back-to-back right. podcasts tonight. We've done well. Good job. Proud nice. of you. Um, Wonderful. Been fun. Yeah. We talked a lot of Assassin's Creed, yeah, and I didn't much. hate it. Uh, good. That's I don't know. Nice. It wasn't it wasn't awful. It wasn't awful. Yeah, sometimes it's nice to dabble. You know, it's like if you get yeah. if you get off heroin and then you just have a little little bit of heroin. You're like, that was all right. You know, yeah. Just me. sure. I guess fucking weird, but okay. Yeah. Yep. Sure. All right. Yeah, didn't know you've done heroin, but Thanks now everybody. we do. <laughs> Thanks everybody so much for listening to this episode of the Kill Connor Club podcast. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, King Richard the Third, Sebexy Dog, Elstercon ninety one, Seth, and Josh Devillier. Uh, you're bloody great. If you want uh, more of what you're listening to, because it's just so great, and you want a little bit more, head over to patreon.com forward slash as always. And as soon as we wrap this up, I'll be putting up the cinema room for Hook, which will be up a week early uh, over there on Patreon. So if you want to listen to that, it's great. We had a good laugh uh, talking about Hook. It was a good episode. Uh, if not, that'll be our uh, next Sunday in a week's time on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify. Uh, as well as, if you want to go over there, you also get exclusive access to the Clubhouse podcast, which is the best podcast. So you don't want to miss out on that. It's a great time. And thank everybody that is uh, pledging $5 or more. We have got King Richard III, Smexy Dog, Elstico91, Seth, Josh Devillier, Borsack47, Damien, Billy the Team Tunnel, Captain Robertson, T-Man or Travis, Super Tuber Ready, Baby Boy, Kimosabe Gamer, Casper, Casey Wood, Pink Flame 3 and 3, Adam Sunling, Alfie Rosell, Jamie Brown, Jesper Olsen, Lumistrad, Did Fuck, Didlotic, Mario 380, Loves the Movie, Hook, Fat Fuck, Cuck, Brendan OBQ Overlord, Ravjai, Craig, Oscar, Benedict Parker Returns, Jim Lee, James and Lad, Connor Droyce, Bully in the Alleys, Ahir the Fat Gamer, Max H, Gene, Zeke Collins, Son of a Bitch, OG Doggo, George, Noah Watts, Furious Coco, Frankie Gaffney, The ACMJS, Travanoski, McZed, uh, Kassassin, Kyle, S. Jaws, Marcus Blackburn, Emil Catborg, Joshua Mora, Ginkgo Swag, Master Bass, Remy the Rat is a Cunt, Ashton, Amir the Synth Potato, Yazen, Joe the Sexy Boy Smith, Joe, AK Fan and Scarab, HBots12, I Got Big Shoes, Iron Man's for the Dads, Dara Day, Alfie Robert, Brian Ford, Milk Boy, Fishy, and Andrew Martinez. Thank you all so much for continued support. Over on patreon.com forward slash, as always, you bloody epic gamers. Like I said, head over there now uh, or in the next you know five minutes after we wrap up to listen to the newest episode of the Cinema Room podcast because it's it's sick and you'll love it. <laughs> because it's sick. It's sick <laughs> as. Do uh, it. Do it. Do go. it. Again, yeah. thanks everyone for listening. We'll catch you That's next it. week for Clubhouse. And then Joker Cinema Room on Patreon the week after. And Four Pillars Podcast next Kill Connor Club for episode 110. So much Four Pillars fucking podcast lately. But Mental. brilliant. Great stuff. Love it. All right. Brilliant. Okay. Thanks for joining us, boys. We'll bloody see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.